welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. It is episode number 86. We're here on Mother's Day and I'm gathered uh, with some very special people. <laughs> um, as always, joined by my co-host, the Antakul, and returning roommate, slash host, slash guest, slash every other thing under the sun, uh, Joy from the Sports Sound Off. How's everybody doing? The way you introduce that. And we've been been talking. We've been talking for like forty-five minutes. I'm like, is he about to introduce his mom? Has she been sitting here for this whole conversation? I'm trying to act like we just haven't been. We just showed up. We appeared. (laughs) Yeah, we've been out of control for like the past forty minutes, and you guys are. I tried to calmly lead us in, but I don't think this is going to be one of those episodes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just for the record, I wanted to be pointed out that we were specifically told to regain our composure. And we got a five-second countdown, and you you both have already started laughing. (laughs) I I never... I'm I'm never on target. I see. Happy Mother's Day, by the way, to all of you. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. Happy Mother's Day, and and happy Mother's Day to you single dads out there who want to claim both holidays. Hey. And, um... Don't play this podcast around your mom. It's probably not gonna... No, it's good. It's good activity. It's good. It's good. You can bond. You can bond with your your mother. You can bond over the shame she has for you. (laughs) I mean, if you like MMA, she probably did drugs while you were in her womb, so it's her fault. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. There we go. Either that... Shame has to go to somebody. Go ahead. Either that or what? Uh, 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 I was gonna say she got... You know, she just likes to fight. Maybe, maybe you've got a fighting mom. Yeah. Kudos to you if you have a fighting mom. My mom got kicked out. My mom got kicked out of high school for punching the eight-year-old vice principal. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. So what a that, day! This is how you start an episode. We got, we got, we got. You guys didn't even hear the best stuff. Yeah. The podcast peaked like 30 minutes ago. Yeah, you got to pay $4.99 to get the specialist right. which has all of the great content. Oh, man. We Real quick before we get started, though, let me let me get my disclaimer out because I'm pretty sure you guys can hear this beep in the background. Um, I have a fire alarm situation in my house right now. Um, all of my fire alarms are broken, and they are making this really loud beeping noise. It's in the process of being fixed, but it's not done yet. And I can't do anything to make this noise go away, so I have to deal with it. So y'all have to deal with it. We appreciate you. So, um, quick, I was I was actually gonna bring this up before, but you went to go reshuffle. Are they broken, or do they just need a battery change? Well, because we got new batteries. Okay. And we put the new batteries in, and they're still kind of <clears throat> they're still they're still doing that noise. All right. So there might be a fire at Serial Sensei's house. <laughs> 
he cuts out. <laughs> I died on the Mother's Day podcast. God damn it. <laughs> God, Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Um, oh, my God. Let me the, this is like, me, this is, this is the Hindenburg. It's already, it's, it's just going to be a picture for the rest of time. Don't say that. His house might be on fire. Well, I'm worried about him. <laughs> uh, I cooked this. I cooked this morning, and I didn't die. So right. I think I'm alright. Are, are you a bad? Are you bad cook? I'm. I'm decent. Well, I'm I mean, the way you said that was like I cooked this morning, I didn't die. I'm like a six point five out of ten. I, I think he just means just not guessing. <laughs> I see. Oh my god. <laughs> let, me, let me get these shout outs off before we just dive into the abyss in this episode. Too damn left. late. <laughs> so the, the top five cities who have listened. New York, New York, Mountain View, California, San Francisco, California, Hotsville, Maryland, and all right, I'm going to butcher this whole thing, uh, Kolkata, India. Um, so shout outs to Kolkata, India. Egypt, we're slacking. Yeah, Egypt, man, I don't know where you, we must have offended somebody in slacking. Egypt. This is the, um, I kept calling them the feeder league to 1FC and they went away. <laughs> <laughs> Ukraine is out there, though. There, there's a small Ukraine. Well, they're gonna uh, really love today's episode. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, this um, this episode, I'm not even sure where to start. Um, Get out of here. Yeah, this episode's gonna be really disorganized, guys. I'm sorry, but it's just gonna be one of those episodes. Um, Real quick. So, what do we want to start and make fun to, of first? I'm sorry. Just to disclaim, on my end, there are dogs here. They are loud. They may bark. That's all I got. No. No. <laughs> I mean, crowdiness all over. <clears throat> yeah. Nala's barked so on who, the podcast before, so you're good. Who? <laughs> My dog. Who named it? Uh, me. You named it after the Lion King character? Yes. Her name... Well, I can't give you her full name because I want my government all up there in the street. <laughs> I, I, I don't need all these dudes in Calcutta, India, trying to hit me up on Facebook. I was going to make a comment. I'm so glad I didn't. Thank you. I'm so glad I didn't. Oi. So who are we going to make fun of first? There's, there's a lot going on. Oh, my God. This is... What uh, even is this? Um, I said... Uh, since since we know who they are, let's make fun of ESPN first. All right, here we go. Let's um. <laughs> I have no fucking clue who the zone is. <laughs> Be, besides some billionaire's pet project. Uh, this 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 is like an offshoot of that. This this isn't too yeah, uh, hmm. too far off. Yeah. Um. So I, I think we mentioned it like briefly, our last episode, but like it wasn't an official thing, so we didn't have any concrete details. I feel like we still don't have concrete details, but it, it's it's a thing that's apparently going to happen. Um, so ESPN Plus uh, strikes a seven hundred and fifty million dollar deal with the UFC. Uh, we will be getting. Well, I say we as y'all. I'm not paying for this. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, <boy>. you guys, <laughs> sorry, you I'm guys will fan. be getting. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not with this at all. You, you guys will be getting fifteen fights. Um. Uh, what is it? Fifteen fights a year, um, including the what is it? The Fight Contender Series will also be on there. Mm-hmm. Um, they will not have the entire UFC library, which is trash. But we'll we'll get into that. Um, so now, just for the record, this is fifteen cards on top of the twenty cards they want to put on TV. Yes. The five or six are still going to put on Fight Pass, 
and presumably the eleven to thirteen pay per views they do a year. I yeah. think I think I heard six to eight, but still. Six. And these will be twelve fight cards. Also. Yes. Um. So programming will include, as we stated, uh, Dana White's Contender Series, uh, the UFC cards, and then all of the other like random sports that are on ESPN Plus. And then in terms of boxing, uh, I was really looking forward to Terence Crawford's next fight. He's fighting Jeff Horn. That will be on ESPN Plus on was it June? June something. It's like early June. Um. So if you want to watch Terence Crawford. Uh, you got to pay four ninety nine um, a month. So, yeah, I we, we 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 like you said we had like an hour long combo before we even started recording. I don't know who won in this deal, but I know we lost. The UFC won. <laughs> I mean, ESPN gets something out of it too, but yeah, this is a one sided kind of deal. I just I. When I heard this deal, I'm I'm not putting out my place of employment over this recording because I don't want to get fired. But this sounds like something our managers would do, and it's just <laughs> terrible. Like it sounds like it sounds like one of those ideas that was okay on paper, and like everybody just got excited, but nobody really thought it through. And it was too late once they signed the contract, and now we're just stuck with this. Like, Ooh, uh, and I call you want to go first? Do you want me to head, try to throw something out here on it? Um. I, well, I, I, I'll say something. Um, I don't think ESPN understands how sports that aren't basketball, baseball, and football work. I, I don't think they understand, like, the fan base. I, I don't think they understand, I don't know, like, viewership. Because for them to make their money back... I th- I think we worked it out. Like they needed to like three, the UFC needs to add like three million customers, something like that. Yeah, it it's got to be like fight Fox level. It has to be above Fox high, level. Yeah, because the UFC can't get three million people to tune in on fucking Fox. So, good. Uh, like, I, I get like they don't seem to understand. Five fans are kind of tired of the fact that there are 40 UFC cards a year. Adding 15 more just basically guarantees there's going to be one every week. It never ends. So. <clears throat> yeah. I think that if I had to be fair to ESPN, if you're not first, you're last, so to speak. And if you want to get in on digital streaming, if you want to have a digital platform, you can pay $500 million for... You could pay $500 million for a set of Fox games for, for NFL, or I guess you could pay relatively cheap-ish, programming-ish for the UFC. You get 15 events. You get uh, you know the Contender Series. I guess that's appealing to them. I Like I said before, before, as if you guys were hearing the fucking earlier conversation, I don't know what overpaying is in digital rights because this is all like kind of new. So I don't know if they. I believe both of these deals, the Matchroom deal and this one, are serious overpays. But five years from now, who knows what it'll look like? Like, because somebody's gonna break a, somebody's gonna break more than a billion at some point. So I guess you know their thing is it's cheap programming. If an NFL game on a digital platform does three hundred thousand people and the UFC Fight Pass has four hundred thousand, they could sell it to themselves like that. I wouldn't have done this deal, but at the same time, I want MMA and combat sports to be good, so 
I'm happy that ESPN is with top rank and the UFC for this thing, but it is a pain in the ass, I think, for consumers. Yeah, uh, I, I, I wanted to be fair about this. So I was trying to grasp straws on what like the positives were. Um, all right, ESPN is a you know, in terms of sports, like the biggest network. So I mean, if anything, you make it to ESPN Plus. You're 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 on a bigger platform. I'm, I'm trying to be you know. For the people that are willing to pay for ninety nine, maybe you get exposed to a few new people who otherwise like who don't have Fight Pass or aren't really tuning into Fox. You know, you're on the ESPN, you're on the biggest platform. Maybe more eyes are on you. But from what I've read so far, I don't think the fighters are getting any kind of like increase in pay or you know. Probably. Are they getting any of that seven fifty? I don't think they're Probably getting any of that. Probably not. Probably not. I would. I, so I would assume no. Yeah, so it's like uh, just for the record, just to put that into perspective. So, like, I I, I can't remember who uh, I, I can't remember her name, the the, the Twitter follower. But I know I know you saw it, Joey. Um, yeah, financially broken down, like not including the shoulder programming that is like, they're, they're definitely going to do, and not including like the contender series stuff. Um, ESPN is paying something like. What four hundred thousand dollars a fight? It's just insane. I mean, it's an but it's an insane number. But then again, like I don't know. Like maybe they just because who knows what they're we don't know what they're paying top rank, right? But I'm right. sure it's not a it's not cheap either. Like cheap relative to what we consider a lot of money. So they, they may they, just be try, they're just trying to get some like they just want content. They'll pay for it. They just did this big deal with Fox, so they like they're just paying. It's money. Who give like to these people? It's like, well, who gives a shit? Like they want, they want content. So yeah, I think, I think for ESPN, that's like the plus. At the end of the day, like you just launched this streaming platform. It doesn't have a ton on there right now that I think the masses are, you know, I don't think people are breaking their necks trying to get ESPN Plus. Are you telling so me that you... CFL football isn't the next big thing? <laughs> <laughs> I think we came up with the next big sport. <laughs> Well, oh no! <laughs> but I, yeah, yeah, but you're right. Like, there's not much. I think the only thing they have in 2019, I believe they're gonna have some baseball games, and I believe that they might have some NBA games as well. Yeah. So like, it's, but you're probably think, not gonna get marquee NBA games. You're not gonna take right. those off of TV. So your your 4.99 right, you're not getting, platform is like yeah, like you're not getting your Golden States. Probably no, you're getting like, the Grizzlies against the. Right. <laughs> the Grizzlies against the Suns if they do, like, an international game, maybe. <laughs> right. So it's like, uh, yeah, I guess for ESPN, it's a content grab, which in this day and age, I guess content is king. So I, I guess that's, you know, that's good on them. For the UFC, that, I think they just saw 750 mil, 750 mil. They probably just gasped and just signed the contract. Um, you know, you got to make that $4 billion back somehow. But for, like, the fans and the fighters... Especially because I'm looking at it as, like, I, I pay my my little nine ninety nine a month for Fight Pass, which I enjoy because I love the Fight Library. It's as clunky as the website is, but, like, the library is great. You know, I can get to watch prelims, all that good stuff. But for us, it's like, all right, so I'm paying nine ninety nine for Fight Pass. Then I'm going to have to pay for whatever for ESPN+. Plus. I'm still not really getting discounts on, like, <laughs> pay-per-views. So, like, this is all just adding up to be another additional cost of me just shelving out more money. And and then you're... Some, somebody else had brought it up. I can't remember where I saw this from, but, like, 
people are confused enough about oh the prelims are on Fox Sports One and then this part of the card is on Fox Sports Two yeah. or then it's on so now you're just you're just moving the fights in all of these different arenas and it's like why can't this all just be centralized into one you know I don't know it it seems it, it seemed like a jerk reaction like they just I don't I don't know I mean they I know the fans lose the fans lose we we I think we lose regardless I mean we have to pay more for content and it's it's I will say this I'm more confident in ESPN to promote these events to deliver upon these events than I am Fox I think we've seen seven years worth of Fox, and they they really don't. They have they have MMA because they need to have MMA because they also need the content. But I don't think they like it's truly something they've grasped onto. So I, I think I've seen ESPN and, and and they do a pretty decent job with uh, you know, promoting some of these top rank events that they have a handle on. The ES uh, the Golden Boy events they did pretty well on as well. So I'm a little bit more confident in them, but. Uh, I, you know, it's the UFC wanted a digital partner. This was a big thing for them. They mentioned it from Jump Street. Uh, they Amazon Oath was another one that they were talking to, which is the Yahoo thing. Um, just Netflix, like they've they've wanted this, and I think that they just figured if ESPN, you're not going to get bigger than ESPN, so to speak, in sports. So if they're going to offer us a lot of money, we we might as well take it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't fault the UFC for doing this. Oh. I can't fault them for hus- basically hustling a major sports network, or I don't know, taking advantage of I don't know, whatever. But taking advantage of, kind of. I, I, I get that. But um, what was I gonna say? Uh, I I am uh I am kind of curious if when uh, ESPN just went to the table with them, they were like, are we going to get title fights? I'm sure they promised them something. Yeah, you have to. I'm you, sure you that they promised them like a set amount a year. So, so yeah, we're... Cause I, don't, I don't think you can throw 750 mil and we, we have to get some kind of marquee fights at some so point. So I, I, I'm fully expecting like Demetrius Johnson and Tyron Woodley to end up on there next year. I was actually thinking Amanda Nunes. Her too. She's, she's a lock for this. Like and, and Mighty Mouse too, but I think that Mighty Mouse is like the guy they rely on to, quote unquote, save a pay per view. So I don't know if they would put him on there, but you know, we'll see. It is worth yeah. pointing out the title fight that they put on Fight Pass has never like he's never been a title fight on Fight Pass. So, All right? They how many have they put on Fight Pass? Like the one lightweight. Yeah, I feel Eddie like Alvarez. There was, I feel and there was another RDA. one. I can't remember. Yeah. Um. No, I think I think the next biggest one was like the Silva fights, Silva Bisping, and yeah, they, they wanted in the Silva Gaslam fight they wanted to do, but I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, I guess I don't know. At the end of the day, and again, pro- probably a win for both companies. Like, um, yeah, and I and I mean like, not to cut you off, but we don't know who they were negotiating with. Like, we know that they were talking to Amazon, and we know that they got really deep into negotiate or not. We don't know, but we believe based upon rumors that there were. Serious negotiations about Fight Pass with Amazon. So we don't know if ESPN was like, we're going to get jumped on this one and made a big offer or what, what the case may be. Because right. you always need somebody. You don't really, like, very few times do people bid against themselves. I, I, I think Jeff Bezos was just like, you know what, screw this. I'm going to go to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your, your mere fights. 
got planets to discover. It, it, it's like, <laughs> I, w- I want a condo on Mars, damn it. <laughs> but you know what? Look, credit to the UFC. They they floated $450 million. It's come out that internally, they were looking for closer to $350 million. They get this deal, and the Fox deal is rumored to be, Fox or whomever they're going to get, is rumored to be in the excess of $200 million. They've kind of hit like what they were claiming they were going to try to get, at least internally. Now, granted, it's two different networks, but they're, they deserve some credit for salvaging what is a pretty bad situation that they probably put themselves in. Yeah. But they kind of deserve some credit for getting out of it. What, what, I'm, I mean, and, what I'm really curious, okay. like, how much does a fight night make for, uh, for Fox Sports 1 where they're like, Oh, your ratings have been going down since you got on the network. Why don't we give you an extra hundred million dollars? Some of, but some of that is just like business partnership. You've been with us for seven years. We asked you to launch FS1 with us. You launched it. Like some of it is a loyalty thing, I'm sure. Right. And and the rest of it is just live. Look, the U.S. people were panicking about NFL ratings and how far they were falling, and then their response to that was to ink a deal with Fox that basically gets them like a billion a year so it's it's always like it's live sports content it doesn't matter how bad it gets people will pay for like the pfl is still on tv and i'd like i'd imagine that if they they could probably get some money if they were like an open tv property like people they, they'll pay for it because it's the only thing that can guarantee you it's a presence on tv like when a fight night, when a random UFC fight night starts trending, whatever the case may be, like that's still a presence to people. It still means something to TV networks. So right. you're paying for, you're basically paying for a presence. Right. And I mean, what better presence than than ESPN? You know, you're. I, I ain't gonna say they hit the big leagues, but I mean, like I said, it's, it's like the biggest sports outlet pretty much out there so i mean it's still, it's still espn plus it's not like... yeah it's still it's, it's uh, they're, they're side and side with rugby right now <laughs> hey, rugby's an international sport my man uh, not in the u.s but well what do you want me to tell you lacrosse uh, you know, hey i like uh, you know, i actually like lacrosse <laughs> you, know, you know what i will say espn not even probably the most um Taken advantage of monetarily this week. No, uh, the people who paid for an Amanda Nunes pay-per-view main event were... were whoa. Taking, taking, I went there. Let's go. Let's get on. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, do whatever billionaire owns the zone, you, you know, you, I, I, I mean, I wish I had a billion dollars to waste. <laughs> like, I still don't know what the zone. I don't is. either. I think this is made up, and I know he read all the statistics about it, but I still don't believe it exists. It, according to Wikipedia, is an over-the-top subscription video-on-demand service owned by the Perform Group. I don't know what that means. Um, the zone sounds like a sketchy club on the wrong side of town. Then, uh, well, Eddie Hearn goes to that sketchy club on the wrong side of town, <laughs> and he and he came home with an eight-year. One billion dollar deal, mother, to own to host thirty two fight cards, uh, sixteen U.S., sixteen in the U.K. on this random video service. Um, that's like 
So for for the record, that's um bigger than Showtime and HBO's budgets for boxing combined per year. So all and out of control. Still, still not as close <laughs> to the amount of money Al Heyman has wasted on the PBC, but uh, a lot of money. Oh man. Let this be a lesson one of the, to everybody. Yeah. I feel like somehow whoever handles the money for them and whoever handles the money for PFL are like connected. There's got to be some kind of just people throwing money places where it doesn't belong. But yeah, that's. that's did they, is there like a zone website? Is this like something I can look at? I am not Googling that. <laughs> <laughs> not Googling the zone. Not even I mean, spelled D A Z N. That's Dazen. That's not the zone. I mean, it, it's a real website. I'm on it right now. I will. We will all. We will all take a quick trip. Dazen. Uh, there it is. It's not even like thezone.com. It's like watch dot backslash e n u s. Currently available in Germany, Switzerland, Austria, Canada, and Japan. I do not see the United States here. Our goal is to engage a new generation of fans and take boxing to a new level in the U.S. But we can't. But the new home of fight sport. <laughs> so, I feel that, just for the record, we should really Eddie Hearn. By the way, I think this makes him like the biggest big money player in boxing. Right. He's got to be at least in the Aram above, maybe above the Arams in the Oscar De La Hoya's of the world. Oh, absolutely, dude! Like. Golden Boy made eight million dollars in twenty fifteen. That's it, man. <laughs> That's gonna be the budget for Golden Boy MMA. Mm. Like Golden Boy MMA is gonna be like, yeah, that, that whole budget blown on Tito and Chuck. Dude, That's <laughs> well, dude, I was the entire budget. Did you see when they had Chuck on the ESPN Golden Boy show and he was the heavyweight champion? <laughs> <laughs> he was listed as MMA heavyweight champion. Oh boy. Oh boy. I mean he is in boxing. What a what a what a night. What a night. It's only one it's only one twenty and what a night we've had. Yeah. Let's 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 um 'cause we 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 could spend all day making fun of these all, all this and look, we're but... we're happy. We're happy that people in bo- we're happy that combat sports is getting money, and this is good. This is great for everybody. But like, it's just weird. Yeah, the way they very... the way they do it is just like who who is sitting in these meetings, and where's the guy who's supposed to raise his hand and be like, "Hey, I don't think we should do this." There were no accountants allowed. They were out doing right. something. <laughs> but let's um let's let's switch gears to uh, uh, Yair Rodriguez. Let's 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 talk about this for a little bit. Um, I mean, it's not much to dive in in terms of what happened. Um, he, what he he turned down the fight with Zabit, and then I also read that he allegedly turned down a fight with um, Lamas. Uh, uh, yeah, Lamas. Mm. And um, after he turned down those two fights, the UFC uh, you know, told him uh, don't let the door hit you on the way out, and now he's gone. Is that, is um, that official, by the way? He did get I yeah yeah he's yeah, I thought he, that he, they were gonna like it was a fake like he was gonna oh we're gonna release you and and but they did they released him so no he's done yeah he's really out of here like he from what I've heard he's already saying that he's gotten offers from other promotions but I don't, I don't think he signed with anybody yet as of late or as of yet but 
Yeah, he's um. So Yaya Rodriguez is out of the UFC. Um, I can't wait to see him on Combate Americas. Right. <laughs> At twelve o'clock I, in the morning on a Friday. But hey, number, I, I had number two MMA organization in the world, according to someone. <laughs> One dude. <laughs> <laughs> I I had mixed emotions when I saw this headline. Um, I, I, but then you know, at, at the same time, I have a bias because I I never, I never root for the man, so to speak. I'm I'm always against the man. Same. So, <laughs> I kind of by default salt, uh, sided with y'all. Oh, I see what you're saying. Now. Um, but uh, like, all right, I'm I'm gonna try. I want to try to. I'm gonna try to be fair. So I get it. All right, from the US, UFC's point of view. It's like, hey, man, we're trying to, I'm, I'm trying to look at it from their perspective. So it's like, we're trying to get you some fights, some some pretty notable fights, you know, you, between Lamas and Zabit. Those are some pretty, you know, Zabit, up and comer, been setting the world ablaze. Ricardo Lamas, established veteran. Um, so it's like, we're trying to get you some fights. And at this point, I guess from their perspective, it just kind of seems like you're not really getting with the program. But I don't get the first. <laughs> I don't get like the go-to being okay. You're just out of here. Like, I, I feel like that situation escalated so quickly. Like, I could see if maybe it's like, all right, you don't want to take these fights. Your next fight will just stash you away on a prelim somewhere where like nobody's gonna watch you. Um, I, I just I don't get how it jumped from I don't accept these two fights to. And it's not like, I could see if Yair was just some, I don't know, I don't want to put anybody else on blast, I don't want to say any names, but, like, this is one of your up-and-coming prospects, you know you want that Mexican market so bad, and he, he could be a part of you getting that, albeit he ran into Frankie, you know, Frankie's going to do what Frankie's going to do, but he's still a top prospect, still an amazing young talent. Somebody I would hope, if you're, if you're trying to build stars, if you're trying to get eyes, you know, to get people to get excited about somebody, this, this is one of the guys you can do that with. And you just kind of cast him aside like he's just, he's just like nothing. Um, see, like, I, I guess I see it from both sides, but I just feel like it was, it was kind of harsh. Like, I don't know. I, I thought it was a, a, a bit harsh to just let him just walk away. Like, or not even say let him walk away, they just kicked him out. Yeah, um, I I understand it from Yair's perspective because I'm I'm assuming he took the year off because that 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 fight, um, yeah, with Frankie was, was pretty brutal, brutal eye opening. You know, he he went he, from what I heard, he was traveling around a lot. He was in Vegas. Um, he he he, he was in California for a little bit, I think. I think he went down to Florida too. I'm not sure, but like he he was actually getting work in. Like he like he hasn't he hasn't been sitting on his hands. Like he's been actually trying to like improve. Um. So like I I understand he doesn't want to like. I, I'm going I'm I'm going to assume he understands the game enough that like oh they want me to come back and fight Ricardo Lamas or they wanted me to come back and fight you know Zabit Magomedsharipov. Especially Magomed Sharapov, um, and you know, use me to get that guy over or something like that. All right, because that's kind of what this looks like. Um, 
Uh, Joey, what was the stat you had on like guys who've been out for like a year? Four and fifteen this year. Yeah. Ooh. Um, like and, and like he, I'm sure he understands like the boxing game. Like his cousin's Misrael Rodriguez, um, the, the dude who won the uh, bronze uh won a bronze medal at the 2016 Olympics for Mexico. Um, like I'm sure he understands like getting a rebound fight. You know, building your confidence, building yourself back up after like a big, devastating, one-sided ass whooping of a loss. Um, so like, I-, I see why he turned down those fights. Like, y- if you're not gonna watch out for yourself, who's gonna watch out for you? Exactly. Yeah, but I also, I-, I also understand the UFC's frustration. Like, you're trying to make fights. Um, this dude's occupying a spot in your top ten rankings. You got a guy who's coming up who everybody wants to, who all the hardcore fans want to see as a fight a top 10 fighter. You're not sure if he's ready for that. This one guy, this other guy doesn't have any wins over, you know, anybody in the top 15, but is occupying a spot. Let's put him in there with him and and see how good he really is. Like, you know, I, I understand their perspective. But to just fire the dude. Uh, like you said, that seems kind of extreme. Yeah. It's never the it's never the big thing that that causes the issue. It's always something smaller. So, like 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 I had talked about earlier like, uh, on my thing, it, it, it's never the big argument that causes the breakup. It's always like the little thing that follows it. So I wonder what like th- this had to have been snowballing and mounting for some time now. So I, I just wonder what that story was before this all went down. There must have been something that kicked this off because you don't just you don't just release a top prospect in a market you have some value for unless there is serious, serious, serious issues. This didn't seem like a serious issue to me. It, it was a problem, obviously, but it didn't seem like a serious issue. So I, I'm left wondering two things. One is. What were the issues behind this that led to this really serious, almost rash judgment to cut him? And two, is Yair Rodriguez a victim of a current in MMA where they just can't get fights put together because nobody wants to fight anybody? Right. That's what I was thinking. Right. So I wonder if this was like... It could boil down to, hey, look, we value the Russian market way more than we value Latin America. This guy is turning down fights. He's turning down a fight with a fighter that we really want to start marketing. Basically what Anikul said in that regard. And look, we need to send a message to some of these guys that you can't be the guy turning down fight after fight after fight after fight. We will cut you. Because their roster is so big that unless you're a major star, we've seen them let guys go. No. Not re-sign Ryan Bader. Not re-sign Rory McDonald. Cut Frank Mir. Those kind of moves where they, they let dudes go and they'll just they'll just keep going. And so this felt like it, it, it feels like they're trying to send a message to other people through him because it's hard to get like you hear you hear reporters who've been following the sport forever talk about how all promotions are having a tough time getting some guys just to get their name on the contract. So I wonder if they're like, yeah, here's a big name, big ish name. We can make a statement here. And so they just went with it. Two other things, smaller issues, is one, who is Yair's manager, and why didn't he step and try and calm this down? Because that's what a manager really should do. Like, if you're a... It, like, some of these really high-level managers, like Ed Soros for years with, with Anderson Silva was kind of like the fire hydrant who put out the fires. 
and Ali Abdelaziz, you know, the Kawas. These are the guys who are required to calm this, this mess down. So where are they? And two, is this a case where not having the Fertitas around impacted a decision because Dana White didn't have anybody who maybe he trusted or relied upon to just tell him no? You know what I mean? Because we've seen the Fertitas in the past step in and calm this kind of stuff down. It right. happened with Mirko Krokop one time and the AKA situation where it was like they stepped in and they put everybody back on a square level. So I wonder if Dana was just not, I don't want to say, un, I don't want to say that he just made a rogue decision because I'm sure he talked about it with everybody he was, who was involved in it. But I wonder if maybe a cooler head was required to put everything back on an even plane. And that again goes back to the idea that there was something beyond just this that might have kicked off the bigger problem. Yeah, because I, I was thinking like the, the roster is deep enough, especially in featherweight, where like even outside of the top 15, that, there are killers everywhere. There had The roster is deep enough to where you could have gotten Yair, a, a quote unquote tuna fight, somebody you can match him up with to see if he's been improving the, like this whole time he's been off and just gives the beat somebody else in the top. 10 or top 15 he can go and carve up and <laughs> you know send send them on their way so yeah i kind of agree that it, it had to have been a snowball like <laughs> there must have been like four fights that fell through that day and yair was just the fifth and dana just flipped over a table and he was just done <laughs> and i think it. it's <laughs> I, I think it's also worth pointing out that they've had this problem with zabit so maybe it was just like fuck it if people don't want to fight these this guy then we're going to cut the people who turn him down because yeah. And it's like, I think we're going to see that as well with Peter Jan, because I believe he's on his fourth opponent for his UFC debut. So have, they've got really talented Russian fighters who are hard to market, who people don't want to fight. And I wonder if Yair was just like, like let's send a message. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I see both sides. Like, I, I, I can get how you could be frustrated on both ends. So I won't completely just bash the UFC for this, even though, like I said, I think it was a bit harsh. Um, yeah, they, they probably were lacking a cooler head in the room because th- there had to have been some way we could have flipped some matchmaking around and got this to work out. And maybe Yair and Zabit meet later down the road, um, you know, instead of right now. But um, any any destinations you want to see Yair go or you think he might land to? Because there's, there's no way he doesn't get picked up. Dude is way... And I, I saw some other people saying, like, well, other peop- other promotions won't want to pick him up because he's turning down fights. Abs- but I'm like, listen, absolutely man, not. This, are they stupid? No, this, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> now, where he goes, I think where he goes will determine whether he winds up back in the UFC. Because I think if he goes to Bellator, they may, they may that may be like a fuck you, fuck you kind of situation. Yeah. Um, but if he goes to the PFL, it's a little different. If he goes to Kombach, I think, I think he's a perfect fit for them. Uh, I don't. I don't know if his value is. I don't like. I couldn't see him going to like a KSW or a, an overseas market. He may just become one of those guys who doesn't sign an exclusive deal, just fights where he wants. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, everybody. Everybody will benefit. Everybody, I think, will come out okay on this. I mean, there, there's, a, yeah, there's always a chance he goes and ends up fighting in like ACB or something. Because they seem to just sign up talent that gets cut from the USC. Yeah. And I mean, luckily for Yair, still really young, still got plenty of time to like reach your ceiling. There's no way you don't get scooped up by somebody. You're, you're 
he'll 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 have he'll be in somebody's octagon i'm positive by the end of this year or at least like beginning of next year. i i think before he's 30 he'll be back in the ufc five years is a long time so i, I don't doubt it well i mean well okay well like before 20 before 2020 yeah uh, no, he'll, 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 he'll be unless, unless he signs with Bellator. Yeah, I, I was going to say the, the plus, I think, of going with Bellator for me as a fan is just because like, I feel like 45 at the top is just patty cake between like the same four people. So we can have, you know, insert new challenger. <laughs> he might be able to shake things up. But yeah, if he goes to Bellator, yeah, I don't, I don't think they welcome him back with open arms if, if that doesn't work out. But he'll be somewhere. He'll be somewhere flying, kicking somebody in the face. I'm I'm pretty sure about the end of this year. Maybe. Rodriguez versus McKee Jr. That that sounds like fun. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> there are a lot of yeah. Bellator has a lot of good good matchups for him. Or like you said, I wouldn't mind seeing him. You know, non-exclusive deal. He just goes to random promotions and just beats the crap out of people until he finds his way back in the UFC. He he has options. I'm I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure his phone blew up. The second that headline came up. It's just a sad situation. It's unfortunate, you know. Yeah, it is. It's, it's unfortunate. It's... But I'll, I'll be fair in this one and say I can I can see it from both sides, even though the decision I thought was a bit rash. But, you know, you, you, you're in the business of making fights. And I, I guess if you feel somebody's not getting along with the program, then you got to let them go. I wouldn't have done it personally, but, you know. Best of luck to Yair, though. I'm, I'm pretty sure, like I said. He'll he'll be in somebody's octagon by the end of this year. He'll have many more highlights to come. Right. He's is definitely not the last we've seen of him. But but before um, before we move completely off topic, I'm actually curious about your guys' opinion of this. Um, like, like for the longest time, it felt like the UFC's things they've been able to make all the big fights. Well, not all the big fights, but the right fights that the fans want to see. Like, you got your number two guy versus your number three guy to go fight your number one guy. Like, those are the fights that the UFC, like, that's what they built their reputation on being able to make, right? Um, right. You, you get, your company gets sold for $4 billion. The two guys who, you know, who come and sit down on the phone with you, like, the uh, not two of them. Like, which one was the one that, which Versita was the one that would sit down and actually speak with the fighters? Was it Lorenzo? Lorenzo. Frank was, right. like, a lingering presence, I believe. Right. You, you get... I know a lot of managers didn't like Joe Silva, but like you, you find the odd person here or there who was able—he he was a guy who was able to get shit done. Like he got guys to step in, he got guys to come and fight. Um, with them gone, like, do do you think it's just something behind the scenes where like guys don't feel indebted to the UFC anymore? Like they're just not going to take the fight because it's the fight the UFC offered. I think that's certainly possible. I, th- I think losing Joe Silva was a big thing. But, I mean, like, there are a lot of people who, who, you know, felt like Joe Silva was abusive at times and how he would get fighters to take fights. We've heard complaints. Dom Cruz on a, I mean, Dominic Cruz on an FS1 program was when they inducted Joe Silva into the Hall of Fame was honest that, like, Silva would shout you into taking fights. Right. You know? <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the domineering the dominating presence just isn't there anymore. It's possible. But I've also heard that other organizations are having tough times getting these guys to sign. So I don't, I don't know if it's just a change in fighter logic. I think it's, and this could be a reach, but 
I feel like it's kind of happening in in all areas of sports if you pay attention to where I, I think players, even like the NBA, NFL, MMA, like you said earlier, nobody's going to look out for you like you can. So people are really just, I, I think we've seen enough fighters get done dirty and, you know, fighters might do a favor. Let's say I take this fight on short notice and I lose and they cut me anyway. And I thought I was doing them a favor by taking this fight. I think we've seen enough of those situations to where fighters are just like, you know what, I need to just do what's best for me. Forget this, you know, I'm I'm fighting for the brand, I'm fighting for this and that. Like, I just need to do what's best for me. And if I don't think it's going to benefit my career in a positive way, then I'm just not going to, you know, I'm just not going to do right. it. And if I got to get cut for that, then it just, it is what it is. I think, I think more people are starting to be in this for the long haul instead of, you know, this quick buck here and there because I think that's true. But I also think that that's ironically hurting combat sports at least because there's the worst label to have, at least in MMA, in my opinion, from a fan perspective is to be known as the person who's difficult. Right. Like Tyron Woodley. No, I like Tyron Woodley stands up for himself. And I think that that's really admirable, but to the fans, he's like a, like he's picky and i think that fans pick up on that and it doesn't it does help or doesn't help that you have conor mcgregor who to the public perception fights everybody anybody anytime etc etc now we may know that to be a little different because you know he never fought khabib he didn't fight tony ferguson but coming up at least he fought everyone and and he was smart enough to if a guy dropped out he'd volunteer he was never going to get the fight but he threw his name out there. He yeah, just like, hey, I'll take right. that fight. Diego Sanchez in Mexico. Joe Lozon falls out. And he's like, I'll fight Diego Sanchez in Mexico at 155. Doesn't matter if he was never going to get that fight. It's just the fact that he volunteered. Whereas, right. and I, I discussed this during, during the UFC 219 when they were looking for a main event. And Tyron Woodley had the opportunity to step up into the main event. And he kind of played it like, well, if it's the right guy, I'll fight him. If it's the right X, Y, Z. Fans don't want to hear, like, I don't think the public wants to hear that so much as they want to hear that you will or you won't. Like, when you put conditioners on things, it makes them feel like you're really not committed to it. And right. that's that's where you start getting, you know, that's when people start doing that, the, the duck way yeah, around. Yeah, and I mean, there's very few examples of guys that are really getting ducked. And Tyron Woodley had the right to pick and choose if he wanted to fight or not. He was trying to save a card. If not, don't fight. Which he didn't, but it's like, I think to the public perception, it, it just comes off very wrong, and it's like, you're trying to get these people to pay to see you fight, and your public right. perception is very important. So, being known as the guy who's difficult, in whatever way, shape, or form, it, it just kills your stock, like, right off the jump. So, if you want to balance that, you, you gotta build the equity before you balance it, you know what I mean? Like right. You gotta be like a guy like John Jones, who I'll fight Shogun two weeks notice for the title, and then you can start getting a little picky and choosy because then the public at least yeah. knows that you're that kind of guy. And I guess to double back to Yair, I guess that would be another point on the UFC is like, I mean, like you're an up and comer, but you're not like a champion. Like, who are you to turn down? You know, I guess that's how they could look at it like that in terms of him. Yeah. Like, who are you to be turning down fights? Like, you haven't built up the equity I for- that. I'm sorry. That everybody else. I'm does. sorry. I forgot that sh- uh, that Jones fought Shogun on like super short notice. Because, like, he turned down the Chael fight. And he turned down Gus, too, to fight Glover. Right. 
But once you build up that equity, you can do, like you can like Ronda Rousey fought. I, I was I was just doing the math in my head about a different article. Ronda Rousey fought in February. Then she did tough. Then she fought in December. Then she fought in February. Then she filmed the movie and did some UFC stuff and then fought again in July and then fought again in November. So she, she never allowed the opportunity to, to develop where you would be like, well, she's not fighting Cyborg because she was always kind of doing something. Whereas these other fighters, they fade out of the public eye. And then when you hear about them in six months, it's that they're not fighting X or they're not fighting Y. So it's, you got you to gotta kind of build that relationship where you can pick and choose because the fans know that you're legitimately, like the fans believe in you that you're going to fight eventually. Right. It's a thin line to really walk. Yeah, because it's, bus- it's <laughs> your. Bu- it should always be for the fighters. It should always be your business first. What's best for you? Right. But sometimes, yeah. what's best for you is probably is not best for the consumer. Yeah. <laughs> or it, it, what's best for you is also probably worse for you. Like, yeah, if I take this fight, it's on short notice. Max Holloway. You know, it was not in Max Holloway's best interest to try and fight Khabib on a week's notice coming off shoulder surgery. But I don't think he was hurt by trying. So, like, you have to be able to balance that. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, that's that's a it's a hard game to to play. Thank God I'm sitting here behind a mic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Anticool and I just were discussing it this week. Like, could you imagine being a lifer on that side? Like, Bob Arams and Dana White's who've been doing this for 20, 30 years. Like, you've got to be, you got to be, like, numb to the world. I think if I owned a promotion, it would probably be terrible because I don't, I don't really like conflict and I don't really like dealing with people. So I probably would just let everybody just kind of do what they wanted as long as you're fighting. Like, <laughs> who cares about like, rankings? Just <laughs> you know where you see it then, because because there's so many people who interact with him, and like he he is a character on his own product. Vince, like yeah. If you want, if you want to know what like your Bob Arams and your whatever, like whatever these other people are like, like when they're not in front of a microphone at like a, uh, at the desk, like go look up a Vince McMahon story. They're... I'd really hope I'd really hope Bob Arum knows what a burrito is. <laughs> <laughs> but the cognitive dissonance, the living in your own little bubble, the. Right. All that that that's what that's that's what they look like. That's probably what they sound like when they're not, you know. Yeah, like we we talk about it all the time. Like, or I've told the story before where they were trying to talk to Dana White about the SFL when it first started, and he had no fucking clue what that was. Right. Like, cause cause you're so consumed <laughs> with like the day to day operations of your fucking your clown show that right. you have no idea. I mean, and, and it makes sense. Yeah, that, that's not a lot to manage. Like. That's a stressful position to be in. He didn't know about the like, he didn't know about KSW. He knew that there was MMA in Poland. But like, you got to think like he, as much as we, you know, might poke fun at Dana and disagree with him, like that's a, that's a extremely busy lifestyle. Like you don't have time to sit around and, you know, everything you you're doing has to be involved with your business. Like that's that's one of those jobs that you don't really clock out. I mean, look at look at the number of times where the press will ask him about a fight and he'll ask if that was like even announced. Like he, <laughs> there's a saying, like there are so many pies being thrown at you. You never know which one you're ducking. Like that could be kind of like a situation being like an MMA promoter. Yeah. It's, it's hard knock life. Especially when you have to promote 40 cards a year. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, but let's be realistic. He's, he's not. But, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to I don't think he's promoting much of anything nowadays. No, I mean, like, no, he still does no. the pay-per-view rounds, but you don't see him at these little, like, the fight night events anymore. It's, it's, it's difficult. And I think this is where not having Chael Sonnen hurt them, because I truly believe Chael was going to start doing those. Like, when Fox was kind of done with him, you know, hands off, with the when he failed those drug tests repeatedly. Yeah. I think that he probably would have been Dana White. Like, he probably would be doing the Dana White fight nights. Chael's got bigger goals. Yeah, boy. No, but, uh, can't run into... Yeah. Got big, I think we should just... Uh, big money. <laughs> big money Vader. Yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's just transition on over to that. Um, oh, or I guess real quick, because uh, I wanted to mention... Uh, we, we're not doing fight announcements because we're kind of on a, a time crunch, but Chad Mendez is coming back after, like, I forgot. God knows how long he's Two been years? Gone. Um, but Something like that? It, December 2016. So much longer. Why do I He'll know be back fighting Miles. <laughs> oh, that's, that's what you're that, for. That's when Frankie stole his soul. No, wait, 2016. Proceed. Well, he'll be back fighting Miles Jury. I don't have what card this one. Boise. Boise. Okay, so that'll be awesome. yeah. What's up with Definitely those Boise people to... getting this amazing? Yeah, you guys are getting yeah. That card is great. <laughs> I mean, it's got it's got uh, James Vic Paul Felder. It's got Blagoy Ivanov and JDS. And JDS. Yeah, you guys got some some, some good stuff going on over yeah. there. Yeah. Ninety percent of Americans can't even point to a freaking Idaho on a map. And. Yeah, I'm definitely a part of that 90. I, I, I know the general oh area. Oh, my God. It's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. And these people, I know and these the people get a heat card. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Like... Sorry, after that card, I'll, I'll I'll make sure I know where you guys are on the map. I'll, I'll make sure. <laughs> are we going to do a geography session? Oh, boy. I would be terrible. No, but good for I But that's like, terrible. they always come to these random cities and bring really great cards, and then they come around to, like, California. And it's like, well, who's not doing anything? Right. <laughs> so, Who Norfolk, didn't we send to oh, Boise? Yeah, like, I just imagine Dana walking into the office like, you fucking put that fight in Boise, Idaho? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, speaking of California, that's where, uh, that's where Mr. Bader and company... Oh boy, this this card. Um, what's this? Bellator one ninety nine, San Jose, California. Uh, the entire card lasted like five minutes. Um, Are you sure John Pitchfork <laughs> lasted like five years? Okay, so he he took up four of the five minutes. <laughs> um, John Fitch fights exist outside of time and space. Right. <laughs> that's why. That's why they never end. Um. I guess we won't spend a, a ton of time on these fights, but we'll, we'll give some some brief mentions. There was there was some happenings going on and some some pretty good finishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> main event: Ron Bader, King Mo, and the quote unquote heavyweight tournament. Oh. Um, I mean, that was a heavyweight punch. Yeah, yeah. This fight ended in what like 15, twenty 15 seconds, seconds? Fifteen. Yeah, there was just like one punch the entire fight. Well, one one punch that mattered. Uh, Bader caught King Mo was like a, I think it was a left mm-hmm. hook, um, and that was it. <laughs> and there's not really a bunch to dissect. Um, left hook, King Mo died, and Ron Bader goes on. Is he did he get Mitri on that? Uh, yes. Yeah, Ron Bader's gonna probably win the heavyweight tournament. 
Uh, my, my prediction was whoever won between these two was winning the whole thing, and I'm going to stick to my guns with that. So I'm going to have Ron Bader winning the entire heavyweight title. What's up with Kimo just falling apart at, at, like in the big moment since like Strike Force ended? I mean, he even oh did God. it in Strike Force. Remember with Feijal? Yeah. I, I don't know. And the thing is, I, I honestly, I honestly thought he was going to win this. Like I thought he had a pretty good chance at winning this fight, and. It kind of sucks. He didn't really get a chance to show anything. Like he just right. <laughs> it's it, it was just one hit, and that was that was all she wrote. Um, yeah, King King Mo's had a really interesting career. Like I feel like he's in that he's just in that weird space where it's like you're a top guy, but like you just you're in like that weird middle ground where like anybody below you, you'll 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 send them away, but everybody else other than those people, it's kind of like a toss-up, almost. Um, but either way, Bader got him out of here. Not not much to dissect. So we have Bader and Mitrione on one side of the bracket, and Shell and Fedor on the other side. So Bellator heavyweight tournament. Good for Ryan Bader. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, good for, good for I'm not Ryan. just saying it because his biggest yeah. fan is here. I'm, I beat it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, post-UFC career, he's... No, he's... Uh, Bader's he's an example good. of a guy who's making the most out of what he has left. Right. Yeah. So... It, it just so happens it's in a division where most guys don't have anything to give. <laughs> I was thinking right after he won... If he wins the tournament, he should have a final boss fight of a rematch with him. He has to do the third fight with Phil Davis, a heavyweight. Look, if they do that, oh, I'm holding you directly oh. responsible. I'm holding you directly responsible. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and look. What, what is Phil Davis doing while these guys are in like the heavyweight tournament? I hope he's working on a better head kick. Retiring. Um, yeah, or, or that. No, Phil Davis isn't. And nice not, nothing against no, Phil Davis. No, he's nice. Nice I just. Fellow. Yeah, that that I've never I'm not one to skip out on fights. That might might be one of the few fights I purposely went out of my way to not watch because I just I knew it wasn't it wouldn't treat me. Good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just I you knew have to it. Protect I yourself. knew it. I, I, I do, will say <laughs> I enjoyed Bader um, Davis one, but that was primarily because I was like, there's no way. Phil Davis was going to beat Ryan Bader because Phil Davis doesn't do anything. <laughs> you know what? Like that fight happened at I think like two a.m. in Sweden. Yes, it did. Like that's that's punishing. You can't do that to people. That, yeah. That's a form of torture. And then you woke him up just to watch Gustafson get KO'd. That's oh, so God. I I don't mean to go on a side rant. I shouldn't even bring. Go this ahead. Up. We're, here. We're, here. We're here. We're here. We're here. Did you guys see the Tim Kennedy? The waterboarding. I did. Um, I wasn't waterboarding. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I'm mad. I don't I, pay attention yeah. to anything Tim Kennedy does. Yeah, I don't. A lot of it. Well, I only saw it because it became a news article. Yeah, on, yeah. It was one of those things that like it just it got reposted one too many times on my timeline. I was like, oh god, what is what is he doing now? And this, it's one of those things where like, oh, this like somebody who doesn't know MMA is like, oh. I guess this is what all those UFC guys are like. Yeah. yeah. 
But on, on, on to better things. I don't want to get. I mean, you said on to better things, things, but the next fight is John Fish. Versus <laughs> I mean, though, there, there, there's some. There, there was the most exciting moment of this fight. Uh, it ended. wasn't even a punch. <laughs> <laughs> Co-main event: John Fish makes his Bellator debut uh, against Paul Daly. Uh, my hope coming into this fight, and it's nothing against John Fitch. Um, I was just banking on John uh, on Daly having just that one explosive moment and maybe just being able to finish. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. He, I think he had moments in the first. Um, he, he had had Fitch up against the cage. He was landing some decent shots. But, like, after that, it was just it, – it was a Fitch fight. It was a Fitch fight in every way possible, um, shape and you, form. You guys – I can't hate John Fitch because I've seen the way he lives, and it's kind of sad. Like, did you guys ever see? Do you guys ever see that MMA Cribs episode where like they send some woman to his apartment? Oh, no. It's really sad. like you like these are my videos. They might have one now, but like the the, the episode I saw, some I woman he, they sent him to his apartment in this. Poor man had to like go like was just showing him around his like dirty ass apartment. Like, this is when he was like the this is when he was the number two elsewhere on the planet. Oh my god! And he starts showing oh, her no. his video games. <laughs> and I'm like, got oh, that Bitcoin god. money coming in now. Should be, should be on easy street. <laughs> right. He's he secretly. You know what? Now. Like John Fitch related. I everything about his fighting style is I don't blame him anymore. I blame people who, who put him on TV. It's like it's it's not his fault. It's all he can do. Like you have to respect the guy for making the most of what he's got. But it's just you put Aaron Pico on this card, and it's like you want people <laughs> to see Aaron Pico fight because he's really exciting and really really good for a young fighter. But you put him on this card where it's like John Fitch and Brian Bader are booked. No, like nobody's gonna tune in for that. For that poor guy's. You're burying this poor prospect under a mount, under literal blankets. <laughs> so I, I but, feel for I feel for Aaron Pico and and John Fitch too because he can only do what he can. Yeah, and I mean to John Fitch's credit, he's one of those guys that like when you fight him, you already know what's gonna happen. Like he's not he's not switching anything up. You know what he's gonna do, and like if you can't stop it, then you know. I, I guess your only recourse is to do what Daly did, and you just boo literally <laughs> while you're getting grounded and pounded. <laughs> if you guys didn't watch this fight, please just go back, uh, watch the third round. There's a moment where Daly gets taken down, and he's literally booing into the crowd as John Fitch is punching him in the face, and he just doesn't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just, it was so bizarre. Did we mention this fight was a punishment for Daly? No, well, oh yeah, they, yeah. He's well, the last here. time I was here. We talked about like the fight being booked. It was like Paul Daly's going to wind up in another organization. We'll have more complaints. He, he will go fight. In, he will go fight for Saka, uh, Sakage Bara, Bara, whatever, in Japan. Okay. Paul Daly's just one of those guys who it's always someone else. Yeah, because this is like the third organization he's had some kind of a. I mean, this fight was John Fitch's fault. <laughs> In Paul Daly's mind, not the fact that Paul Daly couldn't really do anything. Yeah, yeah. Paul Daly, I was rooting for you, man. I I, I like Paul Daly, but 
yelling into the crowd is not a form of defense. So, it is hilarious, though, so. Yeah, it's, it's great TV. Paul Daly, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know those, like, BKB things that they're doing now? Oh, yes. I think he would be amazing at that. Oh, side, piece of side news. Um, What's her face? Oh, John Fitch, I will, I will body you in fight night, John Fitch. <laughs> I'm looking at this video. If you, <laughs> John Fitch, if you can hear this, if that Xbox is still hooked up, we can play Fight Night. Oh my God, you you, you can catch these but, hands virtually. Um, side side news: Beck Rawlings, former UFC and Victor Strawweight, flyweight, whatever, is going to be part of Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships. So, oh yeah, I did see that. I saw so, that. that all. you know, even more incentive to tune in. Jesus Christ. For a second there, I kind of spaced out. I thought you were pitching Paul Daly against Beck Rawlings. I was oh, like, what? Nah. Uh, that, that would be mean. That would be mean. Yeah, that, that's... I, I was just like, kind of like, violence. What? I was like, now, what is he talking about? Now, Paul about? Daly versus <laughs> Frank Shamrock. No. A... <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, Frank Shamrock's already out here doing the bare knuckle thing. Or at least he was supposed to. No. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> But Paul, shout out to John Daly oh, against but... Gabriel Rosado. I th- oh, no, I was just thinking like if I, they could do Gabriel Rosado. Hey, I think he's doing BKB. I'd watch that. Yeah, like that. I feel like Paul Daly punches too hard. He's going to end up breaking his hand. Probably on the first. Yeah, punch. he's he's gonna wing one and like if he doesn't KO you, his hand's broken. Or he breaks his hand and you die simultaneously. Right, right. But. Shout out to John Fitch, you know. He fit Fitch gonna fit. She came over to Bell Who would have thought John Fitch is the hired hitman? <laughs> That's that <laughs> he's the muscle contact in your phone. We don't want this guy in our organization over here. Come uh come get him out of here. I'm trying to think who the UFC's version of John Fitch is. That that like It was John Fitch. It was John Fitch. <laughs> <laughs> Oral Kami. God, you destroyed Eric you destroyed Eric Silva. Oral uh, Kami, they'll call John. Okami up. <laughs> John Fitch is a plant. He's <laughs> a plant. I felt like a plant but... mobile watching the entire thing. Dude, dude, he's on some type of winning streak, man. Yeah, five he's... in a row. Yushin Okami, Jake Shields, Jao uh, Seferino, and now Paul Daly. So that may all be true, uh... but like. You'd have to be fighting them in like CZW tournament of death style fights for me to, for for any for that to for that to have any significance to anybody. I'm sure I'm sure his mom cares. His video game collection has probably greatly expanded. No, he's had he had a child, so you can't be playing video games when you're a parent. You gotta you know. I mean, probably you, a, a you, tremendous you, parent. You you That'd put be... the kid in the baby seat and then you go play Dark Souls for like six go. hours. moving on to the next fight Aaron Pico Lee Morrison Squash um I've I've never seen somebody roll from a body punch I don't think I've ever seen that before see I'm starting Um, to think these fights are fixed stop it stop it I'm not getting no I'm not getting some kind of letter and side note I didn't rewatch any of these fights so uh for Bellator so I don't remember these a lot in detail um, so all I, literally all I remember from the Pico fight is the finish where he he hits Lee Morrison so hard to the body that 
Lee Morrison tumbles back and does a full blown like reverse James Bond roll. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> it was kind of like a chair roll, wasn't it? <laughs> Proceeds to eat some ground pound and that's it. That's um, I, I do like that Pico does it. I think it's a good part of his game that he goes to the body like very often, and he like he uncorks when he goes to the body. Like he's he goes for the body like people go for KO shots. And it, it's working. So, did y'all um, hear the Pico curse? No, it's Pico he's curse. already talking about wanting to compete in boxing. Okay, Pico. Um, Once a fighter Pico. says that, it's like that's it. Like you start losing right immediately after that. That's what happened with Ronda. Yeah, you, you're thinking. It, you're thinking too hey, far. Hey, Stipe beat the curse. Too, too... I'm just saying. Stipe wanted to go fight Joshua. Sure, but Manoa, but Manoa got KO'd by Vulcan. Well, and heavyweight MMA doesn't count because it's not real. Uh, Dude, I was watching. I was watching <laughs> Pennsylvania Polka. I tweet. I tumbled about this. They move like heavyweights. Like there were like seventy-seven-year-old men who, are, and I'm like, man, heavyweights are unathletic. Like that's there was like the speed of Derek Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Lewis and Mark Hunt and Alexi Olenek because the Olenek fight happened right after it came on. So I saw Olenek, and then I'm watching these old dudes shuffle around. To some like polka music, and I was like, you know, Olenek would be a hell of a polka dude because he was that speed. <laughs> I was gonna say real quick on Pico, um, how long do you think they keep? Is he is he gonna get the MVP treatment, or, or do you think he's gonna get like a step up? I mean, these are all guys who are way better than guys he actually should probably be fighting. In random regional dude, like. I'm, I get there's like a balance between Zach Freeman and Lee Morrison, but like he's so good as a young guy that you really don't even have a proper barometer for what he what he should be fighting. Yeah, and, I think at this point I, I'd like to see like give him what's the word? give him that like established veteran test, like give him an older guy, not not somebody who's necessarily a pushover, but. Somebody, somebody who's been around the way a few times, who isn't just gonna, you know, well, I don't know who they might fold under a punch. Apparently, he makes people James Bond, right, so they might be next. <laughs> if, but <laughs> if we tried to compare it to boxing, I think he's at that point where he fights a former like WBA champion from four years ago, who had right, kind of right, like a right. fluke run, and you know he's credible, but he's not gonna win. But you're gonna learn some things about him. You know? Right. But I, I yeah, give him, give him, give him one. I, I, I struggle to see who that is in Bellator, because uh, yeah, you might, you, you might, you might not be able to find that in Bellator. You might have to. Just, you can, you can dig uh, somebody out of the. They dig John Fitch out of the fucking. You know. Yeah. Death. They can find a guy. I'm trying to think of who yeah, will be there, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. A Gray Maynard, if Gray Maynard got cut, I guess. Go, go find where Mark Hominick is and just oh, offer him Mark a whole bunch of. Leave no, 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 let's not do that. Let's, yeah, let's, let's not do Look that. Like, yeah. uh, like, <laughs> I can't support You united that. us against you. On Mark <laughs> I don't know. Go, uh, what's um, the dude who, the crazy dude, um, who was supposed to fight Aldo? And Grisby. Ended, Grisby who, who ended up like, beating Grisby. his wife or something. Is he still alive? Is he still alive? I He's heard dead, I believe. Oh, they forget that. Wasn't um, the story that he sicked his dog on his wife, or am I thinking of someone else? Yeah, and then he went on like Jesus Dr. Christ. Phil, and his wife defended him or okay. something. Oh, well, I mean, you know. 
Yeah, that's yeah, that's man. another discussion for another. Yeah, that's, another. that's a different podcast where I'm not on because. Yeah, I'm not yeah, I'm not on that. I called out that day. Oh, you called <laughs> out that day? Okay. Pulled the what? <laughs> to your... like, what's Andy Ogle up to? Just like I'm, I'm just pulling random dudes out of a hat. You want to go through the whole top fifteen, the tough live roster? Where's George? Where's George Roop? <laughs> oh, That's like twenty pounds over George Roop's original weight, and he was chitty at one thirty-five. So you're just gonna? Oh my god, he's gonna. Oh, he would. Ooh, that would be bad. Who's, uh... That would be bad. Where, what's Eddie? Not Eddie Wan. Ian Loveland. I don't know why I always get them confused. Ian, what? Ian Loveland. There ought to be somebody Is... out there. What, no, no, hey, no, what weight no, class no, no, did he go at here? 45. Oh, I was thinking of I was naming 55ers. I mean, did he start at 55 and then went down? Yeah, I don't I don't even know anymore, dude. Let's get Hasuhiyoki. But there were five fights like five fight cards. No. Yeah, you know what? At this point, my faith in Hiyoki has been deteriorated, so if he gets crushed, I won't feel bad. I mean, he got knocked out in the first round of his last two fights. Lo- Lozon? No. I mean, no. are you saying no because you don't want to see that or because you think he'd win? Yes. No, no, he's not. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect response. This is quality, quality <laughs> podcast. I'm just saying, I, I can see a scenario where Pico beats the ever-living crap out of him but gets caught in, like, a, I don't know, like a knee bar. I, I think he's, I, I don't know. Can we shout out Czech Congo? Because uh, I know, I, I'm pretty sure Real in Place is going to listen to this, so let's... uh. Yeah. Oh yeah, hell, yeah. Of a, hell of a KO. Yeah. Um. Caught Jay. Uh, how do you say his last yeah. name? Ayala. Then I think he was just like kind of just coming in and caught a left and. It was a very Congo. Finish. <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> yeah. Off the there fence. There we go. Not bad. Not bad. Ah, <laughs> oh, I don't have the bottom tense sound effect. That'd, that'd be perfect. <laughs> But yeah, he um he killed the guy. Chet Congo killed. Got to admit, this was like a this was a dumpster fire, and I think we put it out. I think we're okay now. <laughs> Chet, why was Chet Congo not in the heavyweight? Because he lost to King Mo. Oh, because he's Chet Congo, and you can only have so many of those types, those type of grinding snoozers at one time. <laughs> I think oh, he's man. the winningest heavy uh, heavyweight in Bellator history. Like, I think this was his tenth or ninth or tenth uh, win in Bellator. Jesus he he right. passed Cole Conrad. I only remember I only remember the uh, Augusto Sakai. Yes, who's fighting in the Dana White Contender Series in Braz- in Brazil. Yeah, hmm. hopefully he's lost some weight. See, that's three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, ten. Damn, no, the Congo even ten wins in the UFC. <laughs> Did he even fight ten times? <laughs> Did he fight? <laughs> That's rude. You know, we have Congo fans who listen to this. Let's be nice now. I, 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 I like Chuck Congo. You can't I don't have any. back on that. You, I'll, be, you, I'll be double uh, nice. Chuck Congo is officially better than Sergey Kar- uh, Karatinov. So, there we go. Three, five, mm. Mm. Seven, eight, nine. He has 11. No, he has 14 UFC wins. Oh. No, wait. One. I'm sorry, Chuck. I apologize. Five, six, seven, I mean, he's no, he, yeah, eleven. Eleven UFC wins. He's getting there. I, d- I apologize. I doubt the twelfth one will be for the del- uh, for the title against Ryan Bader. Chuck Congo. <laughs> I might. <laughs> I might need to have eye surgery that day, and I won't be able to do the podcast again. Sorry, guys. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, shout out to Check Congo though. Out here, you know, still still flatlining people. Um, I can't comment on this next fight because I actually missed this one. Yes, uh, um, same. Adam Piccolotti got a rear naked choke over Carrington Banks. Um, and James Terry got a decision over Donasabe Mohammed. Um, real quick before we get off Bellator, though, I want to shout out one of these prelim fights. Um, Amanda Lybrock and Janae Harding, um, two featherweights in the women's division, which is great because it's a featherweight not named Chris Cyborg, not named... Who else is out there? I don't know. No, nobody's really uh, not not Megan named Anderson. Um, Megan Anderson. You know they they put on a really good fight. It was a really like just back and forth, kind of slugging it out. But uh, Lebrock ended up getting that decision. Really awesome fight. Two featherweights that Bellator should definitely bring back, and you know try try to build them up. Hopefully they can find people to fight. But uh, gotta give that fight a shout out. It was really. I think awesome. Lebrock is locked into like a long term contract or a multi fight contract anyway. Hopefully, yeah. She she's she's pretty. She's she's pretty good. She's pretty good. Um, man, we still got the Loma fight and the UFC. Um, we get off topic a lot. We do. <laughs> I don't think we started. We go. We I don't go. think we started on topic. <laughs> Have we started the podcast? <laughs> I mean, goodness gracious. Goodness. Um, I guess real quick before we go to the UFC, we'll we'll we'll, we'll go over the Loma uh fight. It's really good. We'll have to spend a ton of time. Yeah. Um, the fight was. I I didn't get a chance to rewatch the whole thing over again. Um, but it this fight was really just really really good. Um, I think Loma showed he, he he's still in the Matrix. Um, Linares pulled him out of the Matrix for a moment. He had some moments where he uh. You know, he 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 brought him back to earth a couple times, but overall though, man, Loma is um, yeah, man, this guy's he's different. There's some people that are just cut from a different cloth than the rest of us, and I think he's just he's one of those dudes. It's crazy how he just like the angles he works when he fights. Like he'll pop you with like two, three, four, and then he'll angle off, and you'll swing. Nothing's there. And then you get popped with another two, three, four. And then he ducks to some other area where you're not at. That you're swinging and nothing's there. It's 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 insane to watch. But um, props to Linares though. I mean he 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 dropped uh, Loma, which I'm from my understanding. I'm pretty sure that's the first time he's been dropped. I'm gonna get uh, first time since amateur days. Yeah, I think yeah. on the broadcast he, they said like oh seven oh eight. Yeah, and he he caught him with a good one. Loma got caught slipping for for a brief moment. He he kind of came in real. I think he was feeling himself a little bit, and Lenares brought him back down to earth. Um, Lenares had moments. I don't want to make it seem like he got slaughtered or like it wasn't remotely competitive, but I just think it was just too too much footwork, <laughs> too much of like Loma's really good at like that mid to close range, and he just kind of works that area exceptionally well and Linares just he, he would catch Loma sometimes where he Loma might stay in the pocket for like a second or two too long and he he, he would catch him with something but overall man Loma he, he had to work for the win but it was still just it was really 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 impressive just beautiful to watch dude is a generational talent um like right now in boxing it's like him 
Bud, and like I, I think Spence is going to end up being like that type of talent too. But um, yeah, no, like the the things he's able to do in like the ring. There's they're so basic, but the way he's able to pull them off is just so masterful, and the way he's able to uh, uh, abuse your reaction uh, to anything he does is just sublime. Um, it's it's actually uh, I want to say one of the judges uh, had it even, and one of the judges had Lenara's ahead, six to five. Uh, was it six to five? No. Um, well, one of the judges I know had him ahead on the cards. I can kind of buy that because I believe Dan Raphael had it very close as well. Yeah, like I, like I'm not upset about the that that, uh, that reading. I mean, I think according to the well, I can't remember how it was at the end of the fight, but there, I mean, there was a point in the fight where they were reading off his stats and like their strike totals were very. Close. Which I found surprising. I didn't think Gonzalez was throwing that much. Yeah, yeah, because to me it looked like a a big volume discrepancy, but yeah, I guess I don't know, but um, I feel like Lenares, Well, I, I guess he kind of tried it, um. I wish he would have stuck with the body shots a bit more, but he ended up going low on a couple of them. So I don't know. That probably threw him off. Yeah, might have might have threw him off because he probably was close to getting right. a point deducted. But I, I feel like that might be the one way to kind of that's might be the only way to slow a guy like that down. Like you gotta you gotta get those body shots off early and often, and hope that by like fifth, sixth, seventh round, maybe he by chance just starts to slow down a little bit, and then you can you know pick him apart a little a little more, but. Yeah, Lomachenko's in the Matrix, and the rest of us are just watching. And we just live here, but he owns it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess the quick segue uh, for the the question we got from Stokes. Um, I'm I'm not the most knowledgeable boxing fan, so I'm just gonna pass this off to you guys because I don't have an answer for this. Uh, but Stokes' question was, who can beat Lomachenko? Um, honestly, the obvious answer is like Mikey Garcia. But even like just because that's the next be- oh that's the best opponent in the weight class right now. Um, I don't know somebody at one forty one forty seven. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. That? That whoever beats him is who who's gonna beat him is gonna be the guy who gets him at the weight class where he's just not fit for. Yeah. Like wh- whoever when he makes that decision to go up one step too far, then I think he'll lose. Because he looked tiny here. Yeah. He is a natural 126 pounder. He, he like for those who don't follow boxing, that's featherweight. Um, like that, that's Demetrius Johnson size going up against a dude fighting at 135. Right. What about Davis? I think Davis could give him some problems, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I could see that though. Like because. Yeah, um, I think Davis can surprise him. Like if he catches him early, um, I, I think he could put him down and out because Davis hits yeah. hella hard. Um, yeah, I was gonna say he, he's a, he's a power hitter. So uh, if if he could catch him clean, if he could catch him clean like the way Lenares did, he he might be able to get him out of there. And well, um, I think um, Lomachenko, you know, side to side has uh, is faster, pure explode in power, like type of like linear movement. Like it's prob it's probably definitely Durante, in terms of just like the dude who gets off the line quicker. But it, I don't think he beats him that like by decision. 
I mean, I have nothing to add other than what you guys said. I mean, you guys covered this whole fight perfectly. I just wonder what, what the end result payoff is for him. Because a guy his size has never really sold big pay-per-views as a boxing guy. Uh, or, or he hasn't sold big pay-per-views ever. Like Manny Pacquiao eventually had to go up to 140, one set, 147, to be a big money draw. And those Morales, Barrera, Pacquiao, Marquez fights, they did well, but they didn't do big numbers, and that was in a better pay-per-view market. So I just wonder what the end result, because eventually you have to assume that this guy, this guy's too good. Eventually he's going to become too expensive for free TV. So what happens when we hit that point? Like, he, he moves to Matchroom in Dazzin and gets paid like $5 million. Christ. Those do for boxing. There we go. There we go. Like, because he, he's so special. Like he's so special, and he's very charismatic. Like he's a, he seems like a person, like the sort of fighter who can attract people. So how do you do that? How do you maximize that value? The ROI has always been pay per view. Maybe that changes, but until until we see a true change, I have to assume you got to figure out how to sell this guy on pay per view. Like I, I think he'll he'll always have like a place as a spectacle fighter because he, he's the one like. Anytime he cut an angle in this fight, the crowd were on their feet, like cheering their heads off. He's he's a graceful athlete. He's all offense. Watching him on defense is fun. He makes defense fun. You know, you you. I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was like the end of the sixth round before that, like the round before the knockdown, where he unloads like a ten punch combination at the end of the round, and Lenaris is just looking at him like, "What the fuck are you even made of?" And, and he's shit talking him the whole time. Like that that's a special athlete. Right. So how do you maximize that? Like, I don't know. I, I, I honestly got done. It's almost like the curse of being in the lower weight classes. We see it like, in MMA, Mighty Mouse. Yeah, because like I just you look at the skill and it's like I don't get how other people don't get excited watching this. But we'll we'll and when I say will, I don't mean us in specific, but You'll you'll down talk the little guy who is like technique wise just like on god level, but we we drool over heavyweights who are tripping and falling over their feet after two rounds. And it's like, <laughs> like I don't don't call him the after like I thought he was talking about Joe Miller, right? Isn't that the big dude who was like <laughs> who was like Vader size out there? Yeah. I just I don't get the disconnect. I, I don't. Yeah. It, I don't understand why boxing fans don't. We know that MMA fans come from pro wrestling where size was king for so many years. So I get that from their perspective. But boxing, I was all, like, I never, I just don't understand how, like, Bernard Hopkins would outsell, like, the Barrera-Morales fights. It just never made sense to me. I couldn't wrap my head around it. One thing to always remember um, is, like, a, a vast amount of, the vast majority, not the vast majority, a good amount of people who watch any sporting event don't kind of just don't know what sport they're watching. Like the the vast majority of the people who ordered a Floyd Mayweather pay per view don't have don't know literally anything else about boxing or the Floyd Mayweather. The the vast amount of people who order the Conor McGregor pay per views don't know shit else about MMA. Um. Ronda like, fans, et cetera, et cetera. Right, yeah, yeah, and uh, some m- most of them are sports fans. They 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 come from sports where like you're like Chris Paul is considered a small person. When if Chris Paul was standing in the room next to me, 
he'd dwarf me. I could I could probably hide behind him. <laughs> Proceed. That's weird. Chris Paul is like so like that, 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 yeah. <laughs> just exposed how small he is as a person. <laughs> like I, dude, I'm five ten. Like I don't give a fuck. I see. I got, I'm from five nine on a good day. <laughs> like I'm an average I'm size serious. dude. I'm I'm just saying like NBA NBA size like Chris Paul's yeah like like, well, like you watch him on TV small dude. Like, yeah. Like these guys, like sports fans, come from these other sports where, like, your average dude is six foot tall, uh, six foot something, like two hundred pounds, two hundred fifty pounds. Like, yeah, it, like that's the that's part of the disconnect. Certainly, but you would you would assume that if you're a fan of a sport, you like I'm I'm talking about the hardcore is like you would assume that those people would not care as much. Uh, but no. there's like that disconnect of I care. But I don't care enough to pay for it. Yeah, it probably just comes down to as much as a heavyweight might trip over his feet. At the same time, he's probably going to knock somebody out. And as beautiful as Lomachenko was out there, just outclassing people, he's not like flatlining everybody every fight. He's making them quit, though. Yeah, yeah, he is making them quit. Um, but I, I guess you know it, it kind of comes down to the simple adage: people just want to see blood. And if if you're not if you're not cleaning clocks every fight, then you know I, I guess a casual will just kind of brush you to the side, like yeah, he's you know get him out of here. He's not he's not doing anything special. But which just way, makes the fact that Deontay Wilder isn't like the biggest deal in the world all the more puzzling. Oh, yeah, but um... sports is weird. Sports is weird, bro. I think it's because then Deontay Wilder starts talking, and once he starts talking, like the charisma kind of like the fight charisma doesn't translate to the mic charisma. It's like the lyrics are great, but the person can't sing. So, because he's a great fighter, but as soon as he starts talking like about wanting bodies on his, like I want a body on my record, I think people just kind of tune off to that. You know what I mean? I feel like. I feel like in today's world, there are enough people where you can make that work. Yeah, but you got to be like a Broner level madman. Uh, you see, they tried to sell Deontay Wilder as like the dad, and his do- his daughter has like yeah, like cerebral palsy or something. Like, you, you can't run those, I guess, and then do the one where I want to kill a man in the ring. Right. Yeah. You got yeah. You got to be who you are. Yeah. But. Either way, that fight was awesome. I was gonna say, um, oh, I, I'm trying to bring up the new Nes Pennington card, but my my laptop froze. <laughs> Before this started, you said, and I quote, "I just hope this thing can get through without having." Me. Oh, I, I told you. <laughs> do you want me to? Well, we can talk about the main event, right? You want to just? Yeah, yeah. I, I, so, I, so I'm uh, gonna I'm going to assume the Anticle has a nicer opinion on this than I do, so he can start. Um. Amanda Nunes is officially in the Jose champion Aldo portion of her career where she is just going to grab onto that belt as tightly as possible because the UFC sure she ain't going to promote her. And the only way she's going to get that big paycheck is if she just keeps hanging onto the belt. I'm going to I'm going to disagree with that. They did try to promote her because they uh, did all of they did the like the sweeps run where they had her on all the big news networks. And all she, she 
Yeah, they did that, and all she did was bitch about Ronda Rousey. Uh, That's why I always say, like, she she hurt herself. Because as soon as she won the belt, instead of embracing the Ronda fans, she was like, you guys were stupid for even, like, she, we, everybody knew she wasn't that good. And it's like, that's not how you're going to get those fans. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, so, like, I think that that's, and, and, and no, they don't promote her as well. But I think it started poorly and has continued to, the patient started and then got first. Um, I can't pay for this woman's pay-per-view fights anymore. I just really, I just can't. Like this is the second fight in a row where I felt like I didn't get. It's not her only fault. It's not her fault. But this is the second fight in a row where I was like upset that I had paid for it because it didn't. It just wasn't a good fight. And I always, I always try to be fair to ever. Like you always try to be a little fair, but after the like the second round, that was like torturous. Yeah, yeah. You know. I think um, <laughs> I think that was I want to say general consensus, even though Twitter last night proved me wrong. Uh, I shouldn't have expected anything. Less. Oh no, I don't. Uh, I like it's not Amanda. New, it's not. It's it is her, but it's like I just I don't know. It just I don't know if it's the one because if you compare it to Ngannou versus Miocic, it was a better fight. But going back to what you had said about heavyweights, to just Nothing during Nunes Pennington was anywhere near as fun as the first round of Ngano Miocic. And I think it it wasn't fun because we I think that the first round of this fight was like, okay, we, we know what Pennington brings. because um, I actually went back because I, I kinda forgot about the Misha Tate fight, like how it went. Right. So I went back and I rewatched that fight the day before. And I was like, Oh man, she 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 dogged Misha out. Yeah. Like she <laughs> she really dogged Misha out. And like I didn't, re- I wasn't gonna pick her to win, but I was like, you know, she's she's really durable. She seems to be able to, she can push a good pace. I'm like, maybe at the least she'll make the fight competitive. Maybe she'll get finished in like third round, but we'll we'll get some some few good moments out of it. But it was just clear from jump that Nunez is just kind of on another plane than it seems like the rest of that division is, and. Like it's it's like you said it's it's almost I can't even blame her but it's just like at this point it's like we're just watching an adult beat up toddlers and it's just and this fight made it worse because of the whole corner situation which was just extra salt on the wound like everything after the second round of this fight you kind of knew it was like if if Raquel doesn't have a hail mary in her this is over like there's no point in us really watching this anymore like it just seemed like i i don't even know if there was a game plan in this fight like, I, I think the idea was you're gonna tire her out let her be offensive counter off the fence i do know that and i brought up a great point maybe the leg kicks as soon as they started landing she switched into a backup plan that wasn't very good but um it, i think she maybe, was just straight up in survival mode yeah i maybe she froze yeah. up first main event Maybe maybe Amanda Nunes is my Mighty Mouse. There are people who don't get it. They don't get him. I love watching him fight. I love watching him style on opponents who are good, but nowhere near his, his plane of existence. Maybe Nunes is that person for me. Because I, I, the Shevchenko fight, the second one, was awful. This one, not it wasn't that bad, but it was bad. And the one before that one, she was supposed to headline, and she pulled out the day of. So it's like, I don't like, I don't feel like I get, if, if this is like a financial investment, 
I don't think I'm getting my money's worth back out from her as a headliner. You know, you know what I'm trying to say here? Yeah. So for me, it's like, well, who could she fight that I'd really want to see her fight? And if these are going to be her fights, then like, it was like when people were mad at Aldo because he went through that perfect example you made of Aldo, where he fought Llamas and he fought the Korean Zombie and, you know, other quality contenders, but the fights were never really worth what you had invested into it. So I'm kind of stuck. I like, I don't, who's she going to fight next? Like Marion Renault? Marion Renault, Caitlin Vieira. Juliana Pena uh, has a hell of a chance to beat her. It's kind of sad. See, I'm, I I can't get with that because I, I think Juliana Pena kind of a head case. Oh, well, you know, well, I mean stylistically. Stylistically, <laughs> but like I I I just can't help but feel like she's just going to give the fight away. But you get what I'm like. I no, like I no, said, I, 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 get, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. She'll she'll present a the, the unique like talent, I said like I said last night. She is a damn good fighter, but the worst UFC champion. Nico Montano aside. See, I'm kind of neutral on Nico because I honestly don't know a ton about him. But, but, but I think we can all agree Nico Montano is holding the belt until she fights Shevchenko. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I hate to say no, it. No, but like I'm just saying, that, like, but... like, well, it's fair. It's like she's a good fighter, but. Shevchenko's probably one of the best in the world. Yeah. So Nunes is a good fighter. I, I have nothing negative. I have nothing against her, but like these pay-per-view main events, man. I mean, and, for... and, and, and I think part of that is, I don't want to say the UFC's fault, not the UFC's, not, not the UFC, but like just the way the division has turned out over the years. Right. Where which is like, partially their fault. Which is partially their for fault. For not investing but... back into it, maybe. Yeah, but no, I can't exclusively blame them. Right. You know what I mean? But, like, Rocky hasn't fought in 18 months, and they still trotted her out there. And for good reason. She beat Misha Tate. Um, she was on a good run. She's on a good, she was on a good run, uh, four fights in a row. But <clears throat> I, I don't get why this had to be the fight. Um. Like I said, like I, it felt, it, honestly, it, honestly, God felt like spar, like a sparring session for Nunez, where like she just got out of hand and Bendik and just kept getting hurt, like incidentally. Yeah. It, which it, almost, it, which is weird to say because like Nunez, like fifth round, Nunez beat uh, like Pennington is there, like her back's taken, she is just pouring about like blood out from her face onto the mat. Yeah. So. I almost feel bad because I don't want to overshadow like Nunez. No, like she did what she had to do. She did what she had to do. She did what she had to do. It just yeah. wasn't to me. It wasn't entertaining. And if you're asking me to spend sixty bucks on your main events, you you got to give me something. Yeah, I think for me, like I I <laughs> I want to say I, I enjoyed what I saw up until like the fight just got uncomfortable to watch. Like it was around probably like that third and fourth round. Where it was kind of like, okay, this isn't, this isn't entertaining anymore. Like, clearly she doesn't really have anything for Nunez. We might want to get her out of there. When she buckled and... to the knee, to the body, at the end of the third or the second round, I was like, I think we've seen enough. Yeah. And then, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll just go on into but, the, but, the, the situation. But, Anna, Cole, would you pay? would you pay to watch Nunez 
Renault, Nunez. Nunez, anybody sans Cyborg, because I think Cyborg would be the exception for most people. You see... Perfect world now. You have, you have, you have spending money. Um, Holly Holm. I'd pay this effect like, just because I think it's stylish. She's like, uh, it's interesting, but uh, Holm doesn't deserve it, one. And she's not in the division anymore, apparently, so. Right. I would pay, but it would, if it's one of those cards where, like, <laughs> This is the only marquee fight, and everything else below it is kind of like. Eh. Yeah, if it's like the JDR yeah. JDR home card, where, but yeah. they, get, they have they, it's the only fight with any importance on it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you then, got you got Anderson yeah, Silva on that card. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I feel I feel bad because I'm burying. I feel like I'm burying Nunez, but at the same time, I like as a as a critic, I think she's great, but as a consumer, it's not like. I'm still paying for this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's but, like you can see a boring uh, movie, and it could be a great movie, but if it's still a boring movie, you might feel like your money was wasted. Because uh, the the way this fight turned out is not much different than the um, I don't know the 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 Ronda fight or the Misha Tate fight in in terms of like how lopsided it is. And uh, Pennington actually fucking got some offense off when she actually threw. Well, that's like, the frustrating thing was that when she threw her hand, she landed, which. A doesn't necessarily speak well for Nunez, but B also speaks to the lack of, I guess, confidence that Pennington had. Right, and that was the thing I was wondering about Nunez. I was like, she seems really durable. Like you've ate a lot of her best shots in this first, second round, and you're you're still here. So like you might, maybe there's something there. Like I felt like I was holding on this whole fight, waiting for like, all right, maybe she'll have her moment. But I mean, clearly by as we saw in the fourth round at the end, like she was broken. Like. Literally, the nose was just all out of uh, out of place. But like she, she just she, it seemed like she checked out. And th- this was I, I'll just transition into this. Th- this was my argument on Twitter. So for people who didn't see the fight, if you haven't watched it, uh, it was the end of the fourth, going into the fifth. Raquel's uh, with her corner. She goes back to her corner man, and she literally just says like, "I'm done." Like that's that's it. And Instead of her corner calling off the fight, they try to give her, like, this pep talk. And it's like, you know, just go back out there and, you know, leave it all on the table. They didn't give her any technical advice. Just like, you know, go go lay it out on the table, you know, we got to see this through to the end. They, Whatever. Terrible. Pep talk. And she proceeds to go out to the fifth and just get slaughtered until the fight is over. And it's just like, at that point between those like that third fourth and fifth that's when it felt like this is just unnecessary like clearly she's broken she she wants out i think her of all people knows when she's not there that you know because i feel like in most instances it's the opposite where like the fighter wants to go and the coaches are you know the coaches don't want them to go back out there but you know fighters complain because they don't want fight stop this is your actual fighter telling you like i don't want to be in here anymore if if that's not a clear indication that this fight needs to be over, I don't really know what is. Like, take your L, try to learn from this what you can, but just live to see a fight another day. Because I feel like this, and hopefully this doesn't end up uh, being her situation, kind of like the JDS and Kane fights, where those fights probably should have ended much earlier than they did. Maybe you saved some career, uh, some, some years, 
that that fifth round could have cost her a couple years off her career right there. Like that could have just been. I mean, we have yet to see, but she literally could have beaten some years off her career as to where maybe just in like the third or the beginning of the fourth, you could have just pulled her out there, pulled her out of the fight, just lived the fight another day. We don't need to see you. There's no point in you being like mentally broken, and I send you back out to war. Like if you want out, just pull her out. Like, just, protect them from themselves and she tried to protect herself from herself and you threw her back out in battle and it's like i I don't that that was the part that just bugged me that made me kind of like the main event became kind of like yeah like no i just i don't even want to cheer for this anymore because it's just it's just ugly dude like her leg was blue so just for record i fell asleep after the first round of this fight because that's what I do during fights. <laughs> so, so the, you know, the first thing I do when I wake up is, oh, I fell asleep during the UFC again. So I, I, I pick up my phone, go online, try to find the fight. Um, I watched the fifth round of this fight first. I didn't even get to the part where like she quit, on, uh, like she's telling her cornermen uh, like she doesn't want to fight anymore. And I, I start the video and I look at her leg and it's fucking blue, like all the way up and down blue. I'm like, how? Like, why is she still fighting? Did did she not just break her one? That like, I'm assuming that's the leg because I, I've never seen a leg look like. Uh, I'm, it looked like an old person's leg. Varicose veins? Is that what you're trying to? Yeah, like blue. <laughs> like I just this, don't. I don't have the medical terminology. Is the best I can offer. <laughs> no, like, I, like, I'm like, what? Okay, she's. I'm. 90% sure she's not winning. Because, again, I, I'm, I'm with from the first round to the fifth round. I, I don't know what's happening. Um, like, and then all of a sudden, like, she's on her, like, Nunes is on her back pounding her face and then just blood everywhere. I'm like, okay, they probably shouldn't have sent her out for that round. And then, like, I go on Twitter and, like, uh, like, it's open from, like, all the tweets from the night before. And it's just people saying, like, dude, she, she, her, she told her corner she wanted out. I'm I'm like at a loss for words. Like, the woman broke her leg like five months ago, five, six months ago? Because it was like December, right? Yeah, because they wanted to do it at 219, I think. Right. So, uh, she she breaks her leg in like December. She's back in the cage like five months later. Like, Nunes is kicking the crap out of her. I, I don't get what their mindset is like just go out there and leave it on the ca- like, like maybe they think they're saving her job like I don't know yeah <sighs> in that situation you should be the one to be like okay you hear that she doesn't fight more you go and tell the ref yourself that you know she's done yeah, she's, she's, done. she's done like she doesn't have anything left like you take the hit for that like you see in boxing all the time uh, what's Stipe's coach's name? His boxing coach. He got one, like one of his boys got on TV. I can't remember who he was fighting, but he he, he had to quit for him on the stool. Like the uh, like you could tell he wanted out, and the trainer could tell he wanted out. So he just Alex Cooper. Was it Alex Cooper? Uh, that's what I what I'm looking at now. I think so. I think it just it goes back. We've we've talked about this so many times on this podcast. Like, yeah, Alex. Why is it in MMA that that 
corners just are, seem so against pulling their fighter out. Because right. you get people like Jack Hermanson who breaks his rib in the second round and then comes back and wins in the third. Like, yeah, I mean, and, and for anybody who tries to use that as a crutch to why she should go back out, Jack might have broke his rib, but there was never a moment where I looked at Jack and was like, oh, he doesn't want this anymore. Like, he, obviously he's in excruciating pain, but he's still trying to make something happen. Right. Like, Raquel's not, this wasn't like one of those fights where like, oh, it's close, she might still have a way out, and like, she looked like she wanted out. Jack was still out there. He was trying to make it work. And obviously he did. We'll get to that uh, in a few. But th- this wasn't one of those situations. Like, Raquel wasn't trying to make anything work. She was literally doing, like, the JDS thing that drives me crazy <laughs> when you just put your back against the cage and, like, hope for the best. And we all know that doesn't work out too well. Um, so it's like, I don't, I don't get what you gain by throwing her back out there. Like, I don't see what the benefit was. And the thing is, it's women's bantamweight. Like, if she goes back, she gets another three wins. She gets another, like, matter of fact, she goes back, she gets another two wins. She's back in the title picture. Right. And you have to know your fighter. Right. Has your fighter ever knocked somebody out? Has your fighter ever knocked somebody out after the second round, after the third round, et cetera, et cetera? You have to know. Sometimes you know, you, you, you think you know them because you're so confident in them that you become deluded to what they can actually do. Right. Having read a lot of the responses from fighters, something bad is going to have to happen before this changes. And you hate to say it, but that's the reality. Yeah. Something bad is going to have to happen before. It's a culture thing in MMA. It's just, this is just the way toughness is a marketable trait in MMA. We, you know, this fighter's tough sells for certain people. Oh, he can take so much punishment. So, like, Chris Lieben. It sells for the boss. Right. Dana, Dana's out here scrappers. signing. Yeah, he loves scrappers. That's how Brandon Davis has a job, or whatever his name is. Loves scrappers, loves, you know, toughness is a trait. It's a trait that people value in MMA perhaps maybe too much than they should value. Yeah, Not to throw him under the bus, but that's kind of the route like Justin Gaethje's at right yeah, now. Yeah, like, you know, like... <laughs> but you know what? I think Trevor Whitman would have pulled Gaethje. If Justin, because yeah. there's a clip of Nate Marquardt comes to Trevor Whitman and says, I don't have it. And oh, Whitman wow. stops the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, now I saw that on Twitter right. too. Like, the, so, well, it, yeah. it's a matter of, but I see a lot of fighters who are like, look, in, when you're in your corner in tough times, like, uh, what's his name? The guy who's on tough, Bob Ross, the Bob Ross tough guy. Right. Uh, he said, like, when you're in that moment, do you want the people who are going to be like, yeah, you're right, I don't have it, we're going to stop it, or do you want the people who think you're a world champion already? Like, most fighters probably prefer the latter. So until that changes and until, like, we can get more honesty between corner and fighter and before we can have corners that are honest about what a fighter can truly do, like, we're going we're gonna to be here. Because remember the Eduardo Dantas fight with... Um, I can't remember who he 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 uh, he fought for the belt. Where was over after the second round, and they just sent him out again and again and again and again. And we got all this Twitter outcry and social media outcry about having to change that. Like it doesn't change. It'll never change until something happens that forces the change. And referees need to be more proactive in saving fighters as well. Oh, was it Galvao? There we go. 
and look at but look at two weeks ago. Like this is this is the problem. Two weeks ago, Edson Barbosa had one moment in that fight against Kevin Lee, just one moment. But because he had that one moment, he was allowed to go back out for the fourth and the fifth round because it's like, well, he did it once. He can do it again. Like it's anything can happen. But in the reality of things, how rare is it that you see the guy pull off the last minute comeback after getting crushed for five rounds? Because 15 minutes is 15 minutes, but 25 minutes, just a different thing. And I guess for me, just to close out before we go to the to next fight, I I guess when I look at these situations, I, I I read body language a lot. Your 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 body doesn't lie. You can look at people and tell like even when they're lying to you, when somebody looks at you like you, you still got it in you, and they tell you yeah, but you can look at them like he doesn't. You know, you you gotta know how to read stuff like that. And it, to me, it just looked clear that she just. She didn't want any parts of this. She could not walk to her stool at the end of the third round, and they sent her back out twice. And it's and it's no no shame either. And that's another thing, uh, not to keep dragging this out, but like, there's no shame in you going. Listen, man, I tried, but this might have been a bit more than I can chew. Let me just call this off now, and I gotta go back and regroup, and we'll figure this out next time. Like, there's no shame in that. You you. You need to protect yourself from yourself to, to live, to be able to do this again some other time. I mean, we, go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm just, it's crazy that this isn't like a unified thing because you know who got the, who understands, I don't know, longevity and like, oh, you know, you, there's actually like risks to this shit better than like 99% of uh, MMA traders apparently. The Diaz brothers. Right, right. Of all of people, all, of all people who <laughs> think long term, and they're like, "Yeah, this shit's not worth it." Like literally threw the towel in after uh, Nate caught that head. Right. Yeah, I mean, and, and and we say that there's no shame, and there is no shame. But public perception is a big deal. Victor Ortiz will never, ever, ever live down the fact that he didn't, that he quit on his stool against Marcos Maidana in a fight where he was dropped like three times. So it's like. We we believe that fighters are warriors, but like we will refuse to allow them the opportunity to accept the fact that they they want to fight. They don't want to fight. You know. So, like I said on Twitter, we we think this is a Hollywood movie, but th- this is yeah. These are these are not action figures. <laughs> yeah, these are these are real people, and everybody has a breaking point, and she literally hit her breaking. Point. It's like tapping to strikes. You know, it's like oh, you can't tap to strikes. Like why not? Right. I'll be the first to tell y'all. If I ever go to MMA gym and I get mounted, I'm probably tapping immediately. Just there's so nothing y'all ever see like any footage of me in the future. There's nothing wrong I'm with that. Out of there. <laughs> no, there's like out of there. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like there's, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with tapping. There's nothing wrong with like tapping out. Like I'd rather go to sleep than tap out. Like why? Yeah, forget that. <laughs> I'm trying to live. It's like oh, I'd rather go. Yeah. I'd ra- let me just go out. It's like really, dude. Uh, yeah. Live the fight another day. Man. Oh, if I'm right. in a submission, if I'm in an arm bar, I'd rather have my arm broken than tap out. Like, come on, man. Right. You have fun with that that broken arm. Doing broken arm stuff. <laughs> Corners <laughs> and referees need to... If you have a broken arm, you can't compete in that sport we were talking about. But, um... No, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but corner, corners and officials. Refs need to be a little quicker on the draw. Yeah. But... To wrap it up, 
great performance from Nunez nonetheless. She went out there. She did what she had to do. She's yes. she's a killer. Um, but I, I hope Raquel is like recovering well, man, because that was that was hard to watch. I, I hope she comes back strong. Um, hopefully, you know, learn learn what you can from this fight, and you know, take take it out on the next. Hopefully, we don't have to wait uh, twenty months to see her fight again. Consider finding a new gym as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I'm, might want to start having. I mean, you're in Colorado. Is um Dwayne Ludwig still out there? Trevor Whitman. Trevor Whitman. Either one. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about altitude. <laughs> MMA, but yeah, go 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 where your best interest is is kept in mind. Um, but this co-main event, I had some, I had some feels during this fight. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was emotionally invested in this. This was really hard for me to watch because I, I really enjoy watching both of these guys fight. It's like watching your two best friends scrap it out. You don't really know who you're supposed to be rooting for, even though I was kind of rooting for Jacare. But co-main event, uh, Kelvin Gastelum, uh, Jacare Souza. Uh, like I stated, I, I'm, I, I really enjoy watching both of these guys fight. Um, but I, I think I've... I kind of just rooted for Jacare by default because I've been a fan for a, a longer amount of time. <laughs> so Jacare just kind of won on that front. Um, I guess before I even get to the fight, do do we are we unanimous on who we thought won? Do we think they got it right, or are we disagreeing? What do you think, AC? Uh, I think they got it right, but uh, it, if you got Jacare winning, I'm not. Uh, well, no, I had Gasolin winning, but it was close. Just competitive, I should say. Yeah, I, when I rewatched it, I, I wanted to be biased and say Jacare won, but I, I think they got it right. I had it one 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 going into the third. I, I think Jacare could have won the third, but like his his output just wasn't there. Um, I think Gaslam just he just did just enough, and he, he got by on the skin of his teeth. Um, but if somebody, yeah, like you said, if somebody said Jacare won, I wouldn't be mad. But yeah, I. Sadly, I, I think they got it right. Same. I had Jack. I had a uh, Gastelum, and if you if you had Jacare because Gastelum gave the fight away almost, then I can understand. Yeah. But um. Gastelum is, is very much like the same dude he was when he fought Rick Story. Like years ago now, five years ago. When was that fight? 2013, 14. Damn. Yeah, he's still that dude. <laughs> and that's not good when you're fighting somebody who's probably should be fighting at like 205. He's just like I don't I like first off this is an awesome fight, but Gastelum is very he just checks out sometimes. Like there were moments where he was in front of Jacare in the pocket, which he probably shouldn't have been to begin with, but he was in there. And he would just stare at him, and then like after Jacare hit him twice, he would like wake up and start throwing back. So, and it wasn't even like he was countering; it was like he was just. Sometimes he zones out, like he zoned out against Neil Magny, which cost him the fight. He got almost KO'd by Rick Story because he was playing around. He just he, like I don't I don't. He's the weirdest best fighter in MMA. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it's worth it's worth asking like who can like. Who can untap? Who could tap the potential of this guy? Like, because if if Hoffa Cordero can't get you to be the best you can be, then questions have to be asked. Yeah, it has to be because Cordero has turned everybody who seems to go to Cordero just kicks it to another. Well, I, I I think Cordero's good at uh, fantastic at turning fighters into 
actually into fighters like Kelvin Gastelum. Right. Except they pressure a little better. My my concern with Gastelum isn't that he's not becoming the best he they like at this style of fighting. As he's fighting this style of fighting, probably up a division where he from where he should be fighting. And it works because, you know, Kennedy, Jacare, they're they're kind of old, and in Kennedy's case, he's really one dimensional. Bisping, um, Bisping, kind of old and kind of slow. Bring that up. <laughs> um, and had recently been, you know, gotten the shit kicked out of him. Um, like, I don't think that works against Yoel Romero and Robert Whitaker. Like, look at Whitaker. Whitaker um, was very much one of like a, a similar. You know, in the pocket, going like in the pocket. Uh, we're we're going to you know exchange mid range, in close type of dude when he was at welterweight. But like once he once he went up to one forty five, he changed completely. Like fought at longer range, use his use his feet more to get out uh, get out in and out of the situations. Like Gaslam was out here acting like he's the biggest dude here. Brought the takedowns back into his game. Yeah. Uh. I will say this though, and I, I'm, I, I have to. Stre- I feel like I have to stress this. At 185, it's become a pattern. I've, I've figured 185 out. You call it the tough dudes division. I call it the takedown division. Whoever gets the first or the last takedown is going to win the fight, because these guys at 185 <laughs> are stiff-ish, relatively speaking, not the best athletes, relatively speaking, and just very immobile when they get to the ground. So if you get the first takedown or the last takedown, you're probably going to win at some. You're probably going to win the fight. I mean, Jacare came close. Yeah, he got... That's what I was saying. But like, that's what <laughs> yeah, makes... He got the single leg. He almost locked an armbar. That's what makes guys like Gastelum and Robert Whitaker so interesting at this division because they can get up. You know, Weidman was probably 230-ish against Gastelum, and Gastelum was able to get up from Chris Weidman until he got subbed. Here, he was able to survive Jacare in the mount, and eventually basically tired him out going for an arm bar. Those guys, like like Whitaker got taken down by Romero and was able to get back up on a bad leg. So these guys who are really great athletes, the track to the division is a lot easier because they're great athletes. They can get up when they're taken down. So, like, I want Gaslam to be successful because I think he has the tools to be really, really, really good here. But I... Him and Mackenzie Dern on the same card was interesting because it's like they're both so talented, but the focus always seems to not be there. Yeah. Like he had Jacare, in my opinion, dead to rights in the third round, and it was like he just wanted to have a swang and banging. Dude, Jacare hit him with everything he threw. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like to Jacare's credit, I didn't expect him to push this kind of pace. And he was. Even when he was gassed, he was moving forward. And he was still, like, he was uncorking bombs. Like, he was trying to end it. And I, I didn't think he would, that fight would go that way. Like, I, I did not expect him to push this kind Gaslam's of pace. chin is unreal. Dudes yeah. got hit by Tyron Woodley, uh, Chris Weidman. I think Michael Biscay might have touched him once in their fight. And now Jacare. And, like, and Rick Story is the only guy who's ever had him in, in serious trouble. Yeah, he, he eats him. <laughs> Gaston was playing around. He's throwing these wacky looping combinations. He drops his hand and gets popped over the top. And then he gets yelled at in his corner. And then he goes out in the third <laughs> round and does the same fucking things he was doing in the first round. <laughs> he's just, he's so talented, but like never, like, come on, dude, wake up. 
We're talking about a guy who, who dropped the round to Nico Musoke. I'll I'll be the optimist one because I I, I wasn't the the best performance like you said. There there are things that I've I had had Gaslam not had the kind of chin that he has. <laughs> some of these moments in his fight could have went the other way really quick. But I think I'm just still like amazed that he's still hanging with these dudes who are sizably bigger than him. And especially in this fight, like getting out of a mount from Jacare is a pretty, you know, that's that's an accomplishment. You you live to tell about that. Most dudes, you you probably would have been out. No, of I that. mean like I, I'm um, on this. I'm on this bandwagon. <laughs> we got to keep stopping because of engine troubles. But I'm on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like he he does little things that it's like, you know, if you were fighting like for the belt, this probably would have cost you the fight. But like somehow he's still. I still go back to the Wadman fight even though he lost. He almost slept Chris Wadman. Like, we were we were 30 seconds away if, if rounds were 30 seconds longer. He probably could have been in a title fight already. Like. And, and he does it throwing no leg kicks, not using his really, really, really great wrestling. He barely he, jabs. Right. He just throws one combination. But it works. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing. I, I love Kelvin Gaston. Just... I just think he could be so much better. Yeah, he he definitely could. Like he he has all the he has more tools I think than what he really uses. Like he just uh, it seems like almost he gets into this comfort zone of I'm just going to throw. And I mean to his credit, he can put most dudes out, but at some point it's like you this this what where where's the backup if this doesn't happen to work? I mean, the backup you know? is just to throw I mean, harder. <laughs> right. <laughs> because in this fight, like, literally, if, if Jacare just would have had a bit more in the tank, I mean, in the paint of pitch, like, this was just a really good just back and forth fight between both of them. But I think it just came down to, like I said, Jacare probably burned himself out, putting his heart and soul into that arm bar, ends up not getting it. And then what he got, he got dropped in the second. The second and I think that just <laughs> kind of took some extra life out of him. And Gaslam just had a bit more in the tank. But, um, yeah, if Jacare would just had a little bit more, he probably could have took this fight. But G- Gaslam, it's, I want to say, like, what he does is, is simple, but it's crazy effective somehow. And, like I said, it, it will probably cost him if he gets in a title fight, if he fights like this, unless he can just, you know, maybe he cracks you with one early and just get you out of there, but... Yeah, I, I think if he gets in a title fight and it goes to the deep rounds, if, if he has any of those kind of lapses or moments where he just he gets too gun crazy, he, he might, you know, things might go the opposite way. It might not work out in your favor. But wild fight, man. Really entertaining fight. I, I wanted Jacare to get the W. He, he, was, he was so close. But I mean, the best part of the fight was actually the first round when Jacare has his foot and Gaslam is hitting him quite possibly as hard as he's ever hit another human being. <laughs> yeah, that was, I was actually concerned for Jacare for a second. Like, what if he gets wild? He's hitting him really like, hard. Like, <laughs> so, what do you do with Jacare like, though? Like, what would like Machida? I like that fight. I, I, I'd, I'd watch that. That's a good. One. Good fight, I guess. If, if they'll do it, I, I think they're and they they seem to be in kind of similar spots where like both of them are still really really good. I just don't know how much they have left in the tank, but they still have enough to where if you square them up with each other, you're gonna get a you'll get a good fight out of it. 
And I don't know what you do with Gastelum either, because he fought Weidman and lost to him, but it was competitive, but it's still a loss, and Weidman's gone. Sir. Yeah. <laughs> He's in space having another surgery, so it's like. Gastelum of. Gastelum Branch? Oh, man, I think Anna Cole and I would be at war on that one. I mean. <laughs> we're, we're, Dave Branch is the greatest fighter of all time. So, yeah. I mean, he's a he, he's a money fight. He is the the most money fight. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, gas, yeah, Gaslam's in that weird spot. But I always I have this strange feeling that like I feel like, and it, maybe it's just me, maybe I'm it's a reach. I feel like Gaslam winning a title isn't far fetched. No, he literally could be fighting the winner of Whitaker Romero next, and he'd have right. a, he'd have a good <laughs> chance against. Chance at beating. Yeah, him. I mean, Whitaker, Whitaker Gaslam might be one of those fights that, like, it would be my Khabib Tony Ferguson in terms of just the fight I have to see. He's Romero, <sighs> Gaslam starts too slow to, to, like, I don't know, man. Gaslam will leave his chin out there for Romero right hand. He will. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like, he'll he'll catch him with a good one. He'll get too gun crazy. And then he'll get caught with something, and then lights are out. But are you Arrow kick maybe? Yeah, well, another one of them flying knees that sends people to other planets. <laughs> <laughs> God, Chris Weidman, that was. Ooh. I'm thinking about the Rockhold uppercut of Doom. Oh yeah, <laughs> the little take that on your way shot. Oh man. I saw a meme of that, the one where, um, when, like, Yoel is, like, damn near giving him a kiss <laughs> after the KO, and it's like, <laughs> when you're mad at your girlfriend and you're trying to apologize, but she doesn't want to hear you. <laughs> oh, man. Romero, that that guy, he's, oof. I would, I would duck him if I was in the UFC. I would shamelessly duck him. I don't want any parts of that, but... Gaslam sues a, a awesome fight, really close fight, but you know it, it is what it is. If you're, if you're a Jacare fan, your feelings will probably hurt, but I mean, still a, a great fight from from both gentlemen. So definitely looking forward to uh, whatever they happen to do next. Um, this next fight, which got a lot of people talking, uh, a lot of people were definitely in their feelings about this fight too. I was kind of indifferent one way or the other. Um, Mackenzie Dern, Amanda Bobby Cooper. Uh, Mackenzie Dern missed weight by seven pounds. Um, I'm going to go on record and say her seven pounds had nothing to do with how this fight turned out, um, in my opinion. <laughs> I, I think whether that right hand lands at whatever she weighed in compared to if she made the weight she was supposed to be, I think the result would have been the same. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, M- Mackenzie... <laughs> I feel like the things that are good about Mackenzie are also things in her fights, but when it works, it works. Um, and I say that in terms of, like, I think she's just willing to take one to give one. Because um, I think there was a point, like, Amanda Bobby Cooper, uh, Cooper hit her with a pretty nice flurry at one point. Um, but Mackenzie just, like, she just storms back. And I feel like it's kind of reckless sometimes. But I guess if you can hit that hard, whatever. <laughs> it, it, it works. She cracks Cooper with a right, drops her. I think she mounted her for like a brief second. 
Cooper gave up her back. And if you give up your back to Dern, you already know how that's going to go. So she got choked out. And, yeah, that was over in, like, two minutes. <laughs> um, I, I think Cooper had things going for her. Like, she didn't have a bad performance. Um, but she, she just, she got caught. And, you know, that was, that was it. <clears throat> And everybody, I feel like everybody hated during after this fight. Like I said, I, I'm kind of indifferent one way or the other. I just wanted to be entertained, and I, I got what I came for. <laughs> Yo, say, uh, saying that she didn't have to be in the gym in, every day probably didn't help. Because that, that's something she said in terms of, like... <laughs> but people hated, like, people hated Dern for, like, a while, Like Yeah, like, I... Yeah. Either because of her accent or... Uh, because of any type of, uh, or because they just hate anybody who gets hype, or because they hate women, whatever. There's a million different reasons MMA fans are good. Lordy. Lord. Hmm? Lord. I mean, I mean uh, am I wrong, though? I mean, maybe not in this case, but. But, um. Yeah, Dern's not going to take this seriously until she loses. And she's not probably not going to lose until she gets, like, a real challenge because her. Athletically and like mentality wise, she's built for fighting. Does I'm not maybe she's not built for the lifestyle, but like most jujitsu cats don't come into MMA just come just throwing heat for 15 minutes like she does. You know, like the last one I can think about who did that is well, well one Davy Hamos, but the other one was like Jacare. Like just super aggressive, can hit hella hard. Uh, above average, even maybe even really good athlete, like with a background and something like that. Like she's going to keep winning fights until she hits somebody who's going to be like who's actually good. And that's not Amanda Cooper. Uh, I don't want I, I don't want to say that I get why people don't like Mackenzie Dern. Because I kind of don't, but I'm also I, like I'm a little bit more aware of some of her shortcomings. Missing weight was obviously a problem, but she made some comments in the post, like in her presser, that maybe opened a few eyes, at least my eyes, in terms of like maybe not being emotionally mature enough for this kind of like high-level profile UFC uh, UFC-related responsibilities. Like she was like, yeah, I missed weight, but it's like not like I did coke or we're doing steroids or anything like that. <laughs> Which, true, but you probably don't want to say that because people don't want to hear that. Yeah. And and then she, she made a comment like, you know, if she missed weight in the States, she would have probably felt more pressure, but she knows how Brazilians support their own. And it's like, you were born in Arizona, so I get what you're saying, <laughs> but again, it's like one of those things where you're 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 making comments that if people don't like you they probably you're just going to make them like you less and if you're on the fence it can come off as kind of arrogant a little bit she comes off a little aloof um but as an athlete yeah she's going to she'll we'll see what the UFC does with her next if they have faith in her like if they have faith in her if they're mad at her they're going to give her somebody who's really 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 tough like a Carla Esparza type but if 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 they're gonna be patient with her and hope she gets through this because she can be a big deal, she might get another Amanda Bobby Cooper type. So we'll see. I think she 
She, I think she's gonna be one of those fighters. She's, yeah, she's gonna have that humbling experience. Cause like I said, that she, she's definitely a really good athlete. Like she's definitely built for this. But yeah, she, she does kind of seem like she's. It's, it's just that that naive, not that naive youth. <laughs> that I, I think she's just, she's riding a wave right now. And she's going to have, I don't know who it'll be, but somebody's going to crash the wave eventually. And, you know, and yeah. I think, good. Yeah. And, and after that moment happens, I think we'll find, we'll find out what we really have. Like, we'll figure out if she's really taking this seriously or if she's just kind of, she's just here to, like, enjoy the show. Um, so, like I said, I, I feel like sometimes she, she's just, she's kind of reckless, but, like, her talent can kind of allow that to a certain point but that'll eventually stop when you start running into people who are on that elite level so i, I think she'll maybe not her next fight but I, I i'm gonna predict within like her next two to three fights she's gonna have one of those humbling experiences it might even be a win but she might get caught by somebody or she'll have a few moments where it's not looking really good and it'll bring it back down to earth or we'll, we'll find out if it brings it back down to earth um but, you know. I mean, what do you do with a Ronda-level talent who could become a Ronda-level star who doesn't have the Ronda-level passion? Got to hope. Yeah, that's... that's you, you hope Yeah, like, and... like I said, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. She's a way more talented version of Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Uh, you, you hope she... Yeah, it's, it's it's hard. It's uh, I feel like it's it's that youth. Like, she's only twenty five, and Anti Cool pointed out she's been in the sport like a year, two years. So two years in July. Yeah, so it's like it's not a surprise. She's a little. I said she's she's rising yeah, you, high. You you, you but... said naive, and I think that's a really good word for it. Yeah, but uh, one head kick can change all of that. <laughs> if she, I think if she catches that one humbling performance, she'll. She realize what's, what's really going on, but I mean, it, I, it would be. It depends on what they give her. Like, if they give her a Carla Esparza, then you know that they're they're upset. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't, <laughs> don't let the John Fitch you there. Maybe they'll give her Don, John Fitch. <laughs> okay, that time you were definitely booking a man who was. <laughs> I didn't mishear that at all. <laughs> Don't don't make them send the I mean, it, it's not like good. it's not like John Fish will hit her. He's that's John a good Fish. Point. That's a good point. That's a rude. That's a rude defense. John Fish tries hard to kick. John Fish tries. Damn it! If they give her like Andrade, and Andrade would be my. Well, if they give you an, if they give you Andrade, they just don't like you anymore. Oh my god! That'd be oh, that'd be mad. That'd be. Yeah, they, they if they give you Andrade, then clearly somebody in that office is trying to. Yeah, that's that's a message. That's that's a message. Um, so, but I mean, we'll, uh, no. Um, so for the next fight, we actually have two questions, um, and neither one's oh. from Stokes. So, see, my computer froze, so I'm gonna let y'all handle the questions because I can't. Um. What a poor burial <laughs> job on Stokes right there, by the way. It's not a burial job. It's just, it's just not Stokes. Like, I have a question from someone who's not Stokes. Well, like. Most of the time, when we ask people for questions, the people who send in the que- send in questions are Stokes. I'm not going to say anything. I'm we just going to point out. Had Stokes been on here, he could have asked the question directly. But I'm just saying. Yeah. 
Just but, 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 Stokes is doing important work right He now. is America's breadbasket. Yeah, he briefed us um, on his situation, and I support his situation. Because I love strawberries, <laughs> so I need people like him. <laughs> I'm depending on people like him. Uh, uh, so, uh, next question um, from Monta23 on Tumblr. Hey. So, who do who do you think Lineker fights next? Loser of Marais Rivera Cruz, or maybe a Sunsau? And then we have another one after that. So, um, I like the Sunsau fight. I like that. Does he have a fight line? Yeah, there? Rob Font. Oh right, right, yeah. Font in July. And I, I think the reason I picked that more nothing against Lineker. I feel like a Sunsau just like people just overlook him. Like, he just kind of gets... <laughs> he's like the stepchild of the division. Like, he's really good, but we just kind of cast him to the side. Um, I mean, he, so I he think beat Moraes. Right. <laughs> the sun sounds like when you go to the bar and you, you see, like, there are a bunch of tens, and then there's the seven that's just kind of in the corner, and you're like, uh... I gotta strike out with everyone else first. <laughs> you know... You know, it's, you, you, know, you know what you got there. You're just like, eh, who knows? Maybe I can, I can yeah. swing over the fences. Yeah, I, I like the Sunset fight though. I think that's a good matchup. Um, I mean, I'm down for any Lineker fight at any moment, no matter who it is. But I think for like ranking wise, that fight to me makes sense. And if Lineker gets by Sunset, I don't see why he's not lined up for a title shot after. Because so I think both of them have a, a lot to gain from that. I think the only reason they wouldn't put him in a title shot is because TJ would still have the belt. Last time they fought, he broke his jaw. No, TJ would still have the belt. Stokes isn't even here, and you're just, ugh. <laughs> I, I mean, I would, I would have said it twice as loud if Stokes was here. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And he knows that about me. <laughs> that's that's abusive. I, you, you gotta aim in at the nerves. Well, you know, you're just, you know, he's he's doing the Lord's work, and you're harassing him. I'm. He's not even listening right now. Probably not. But he will, he will, he will. <laughs> no, you know, it's like, it's like if, if you're Spanish, if somebody talks about you, your ears ring. So yeah. This poor dude's ears are just going bananas right now. He's like, they're definitely recording right now. And we're, they're talking about TJ Dillashaw. It comes up at least once a, once a cast. <laughs> I, I like the, anyways, I like the Cruz fight. I, I think that I need to see Lineker fight somebody who can theoretically move like Cruz and, uh, you know. Cruz is ridiculously strong, surprisingly strong for a 135-er. Um, I would probably have to be Cruz. Mm. I think the thing that holds Lineker back from getting a title shot is that whenever he headlines events, they don't do very well. Mm. Like, it's odd. You'd think Lineker would be the, the, the small guy buster, but he's, um, like his events do poor. So I, don't, I, don't, I just don't think that they see a star in him. Yeah. Which is why guys like Garbrand and whatever would get a get repeat opportunities. I felt bad for Kelleher in this fight because <laughs> like he wanted this fight really bad mm. and he got it, and then mm. I just I felt like there was no way out for him. Like I mean, he did he staggered Lineker I think in the first he caught him with like a left that kind of got his attention, but after that man Lineker just just trucked through. Power shot after power shot. I mean, props to Kelleher. We, we talk about having chins and being able to survive. 
the, the fact that he even made it to the third round with the amount of punishment he took is, is pretty wild. Um, those body shots. I love that Lineker, like, mixes it up. Like, try to take your head off, and then he'll he'll go for a body shot and crumble that. He, he just... Kelleher was trying to mount an offense, and he, he got off a few good shots, but Lineker gonna Lineker, and the, the KO was just... Ugh. He just... I'm, I'm glad he didn't fo uh, uh, follow up with ground and pound after he, like, lifted Kelleher out of orbit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those KOs where, like, I went, I cheered, but, like, I felt bad. I was like, oh, man, like, that was, that was really, that looked painful. Like, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Um, this was a Lineker fight. That's, that's, <laughs> that's all I can say. Like, this, this was the most Lineker fight you'll ever see. Um, sprinting full bore into power shots against the like just running full speed <laughs> full speed ahead oh man like oh oh you say something uh, um Lineker, fuck um I, yeah like you said this is typical Lineker, except like <laughs> Uh, there's, there's always a little something extra because Lineker KOs come like after he's dished out so much abuse because like we give him credit as like this big puncher but like and he is but um like his punches his knockout punches tend to come after he's already beaten on you for a significant amount of time like uh, who, who was it was it, um Rivera Francisco yeah. Well, like, that was a one-round fight, but, like, it wasn't just, like, oh, Lineker caught him out on his feet. It's that, no, Lineker rocked him, like, three or four times before that. It was five rounds worth of damage in five minutes. Yeah, exactly. So, like, that, it, it, there's always that little bit of, like, extra sympathy for, like, whoever he's fighting. Because not only did he eat the knockout punch, he ate every punch before that. Um, like... Lineker kind of reminds me a little bit of Madonna. Marcos Madonna? Yes. I could see that. Like, if he ever developed, like, the jab to the body, like, he'd be, like, a dead ringer, but, like, just that... I, I don't know, like, stylistically, how most of these guys in this division beat him. Like, you, you gotta have be to, able to take him down. Take him down? You have to make... Take him down, or like you said with the Cruz matchup, you need some movement. Like you can't, you can't sit in front of this right. Guy. Like the thing that TJ was able to do so brilliantly was like he he showed, uh, he showed Lineker like what uh, like what his punches were, got Lineker to bite on some counts, and then just went underneath him. Right. And like, I, there are a lot of really good guys at bantamweight. I don't know how many are have their games layered like that, like TJ does. You, or you'd have to have Dotson's game plan and movement with more output. Right. But here's the problem, like, with Lineker, is, like, not to cut you off, but, like, you can have the movement and you can up the output, but if you up the output, you put yourself into striking range with him, where chances are he's going to win every exchange. He just hits you so much harder. So He it's just like, throws so much. 
yeah, it's, and he's, he's gotta be, a, like, I, I use the term miserable for Tony Ferguson, like, those miserable fights where it's like, you're not having any fun, but he is. Yeah. Lineker is always smiling at you and <laughs> laughing at you, and you hit him, and he's just like, oh, it's not too bad. Like, he's just a miserable experience. I can't imagine. Yeah, it's, right. not a, it's not a phone call I'm looking forward to getting. Because right. you get, like, a fight of Fedor, who's just, like, this robotic, stoic, emotionless man. And then you got this guy who you're hitting as hard as you can, and he's laughing at you. And then he's laughing while he hits you, because he enjoys it so much. <laughs> like, that's a miserable fighting experience. I would never want a piece of that. Yeah. And then he finishes you like this. Like, he sends you out of orbit. And Lord. Yeah. You have to, like, rethink your whole life now. Like, do I really want to do this for a living? Can- Kelleher tried, man. Like he really tried. He, he did, credit, man. But this is. He does. I, I like. I like Kelleher. Like he. He's one of those guys that I know, regardless, when to lose, he's gonna bring it. But Lineker is just. He. He's the irremovable object. Like you can't meet him in the middle and win. That's. That's. That's just. It's never gonna work. You need to keep him on his back right. long enough for him to think that that's gonna be a repeated thing. Yeah. Right. Anti cool. You would know this. Is Jose Maria Tomei still the only guy to drop John Lineker? Uh, in the UFC, I believe so. Yeah, the UFC. Yeah, I think so. With a he, knee. Was it a knee or was it the spinning back fist? I think he, I think Lineker shot into a knee or I can't remember. I'm going to have to look it up. I just think he's the only guy, right, to this point? Yeah. Absurd. Man's an animal. Wait, did, no, did Rivera drop him? I don't remember if he dropped him or wobbled him. I think he, like, wobbled him and, like, he dropped to and he got immediately up and kept punching. <laughs> it's very Lineker-esque, I would suppose. Right. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds just like a Lineker fight. Like a how dare you. Yeah, he... Right. Yeah, he... Yeah, that, that's a scary... That is a scary guy, man. He, he's another one and of those gla- dudes, like, he's just built for this. And I'm glad we got the low leg kick back into Lineker's game. Right. Um, oh, very very underrated tactic. I, I guess we kind of went over this um, when we talked about like what type of dude we would take to beat Lineker. But um, Brandon, uh, was, no Brad O. Mason from Tumblr asked us, "What sort of tools does John Lineker need to beat the guys in the top five? Who among them is he most likely to beat?" Cody. Yeah. Yeah, because Cody Cody would be willing to play the firefight game. Sorry, and we all know. Sorry, <laughs> I felt really bad saying that. Sorry, yeah, like, I didn't want that's... to be the first one to say it, just because I feel like picking. I, I want anybody to think I was picking on Stones, but uh, Cody's the Cody's the, like a dude who. Yeah, Cody's the guy. But you know what? I, I got to give Cody credit though, because even though I feel like he would still play that game at the same time what he showed me in the cruise fight he he can deviate from that but i just i just don't know if he will like i don't know if i see that cody again. right i mean he showed it at, he showed it in spurts against dillashaw before dillashaw made adjustments so like i just i don't know like i think that they would trade and anybody who engages in the pocket with with lineker is, is gonna have a rough day how do you think uh, a lineker mariah's fight goes i think mariah's can be you know what more more than Cause I think I could see I could see Marais winning. I could see Marais. Yeah. Um, I would give Rivera the best chance actually, because I can see Rivera wrestling him. 
I think basically in order to beat Lineker, you just you can't be one dimensional. Right. Like right. there needs to be other facets of your game other than I hit hard. <laughs> and you, you you have to you have to accept mortality. Because you're at some point you're gonna have to get into his range. Even if it's to take him down, you're gonna have to stand in front of him. And you know, because Dotson at some point even Dotson had to hold his ground and throw punches in combinations. So and you gotta be fast. If you're yeah, if you're yeah, fast yeah. for a bantamweight, you're not going to be fast enough. Like you, you have to be blessed with speed and footwork and timing. Yeah, you have to get out there before your head gets knocked in the right. Road. And even then, it might not be enough because yeah. <laughs> Johnson's the fastest. Of... John Dodson might be the fastest dude in MMA. It hits like a truck, and it still wasn't enough. So basically, we're saying there might not be a chance to beat Lineker. You just gotta pray and hope for the best. You know, it might not work. Maybe this is the time his chin cracks. <laughs> you know, I mean, he—they said he had like thirty-one wins, and he's not even like early. He's like in his early thirties. No, he's twenty-seven. Like that's a lot of Jesus. Christ. That's a lot of fights in a short amount of time. So, and a lot of bad weight cuts too. So maybe that's the key. Hope right. God takes his ability before <laughs> catch him on a bad yeah. weight cut. Hope he tires out in like the second round. <laughs> but yeah, man. That that guy's a killer. But shout out to Kelleher, man. He 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 did the best you could hope your fighter could do, but you know, it's it's Lineker, so you know, it's what's what's gonna happen, it's just gonna happen. Uh this next fight <laughs> Oh god. Leoto Machida defeats <laughs> Hor Belfort. Um I didn't think this fight was going to end this way, but I kind of figured when this fight got announced that two two guys who were getting up there in age, um, but uh, I figured, you know, Machida, he showed me from the Andrews fight. He, he still has, there's still something left in the tank. He, I'm, I'm not saying he's about to win a title or anything, but there there's still something there. He, he can still catch you with one. And, you know, <laughs> he did. He did Machida stuff in this fight, and it worked to a T. Um, I can't even call this a finishing sequence because it wasn't even like it was a combo. <laughs> <laughs> but, it was just, but it was just like the last like four to like five seconds before he threw the kick was just like funny slash mesmerizing slash like because he he was doing just a lot of these weird movements, and like you could feel it, like something's about to come. It, it almost looked like, cause like he had his hands up in this weird way, and it was almost like it was like he was hypnotizing him and like lulling him to sleep. Like I'm just gonna wave my hands out for a little bit, and you're just gonna look over here, and you're not gonna pay attention to my leg twitching because I'm about to take your head off. And then it, it was almost like Vitor just kind of sat and waited, and. A, a foot was just in his face a second later, and that was it. And it was, ugh. but yeah, I mean, Vitor. I feel like at this point, and I mean, he's retired, quote unquote. But I, I feel like at this point in Vitor's career, he's just that guy. Like he can give you these little spurts of violence. He might bum rush you once, like he did Machida in the first. But like outside of a few bum rushes, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, like, what else he really has left in him. Like, there doesn't seem to be much of a game plan. Machida got off a lot of body kicks uh, in that first round, and Vitor just 
he would try to bum rush, and if the bum rush doesn't work, they just reset, and we just do this all over again. And then you end up with a foot to the face. Um, the dragon lives on. <laughs> I don't know what else to really say about this fight, other than, you know, Machida gonna Machida. And if you sit in front of his face, and you just, you know, get hypnotized by his random movements, two seconds later, something bad might happen. And you'll be looking at a ceiling, and the lights are above you, and you don't know what happened. But, <laughs> great KO, though. Just Dre Anderson Silva-esque. This was basically part two. It, it's literally the exact same. <laughs> like I, I posted, I posted the picture and I was looking through it. It's the exact same thing. You guys ever play video games with like siblings? Mm-hmm. And you yeah. ever leave your remote down for a second <laughs> to like answer a text? Maybe you go to get a drink. Maybe you want to eat something real quick. And you come back and like they've scored. You're right. It was like Vitor left the remote down. <laughs> he just stopped doing it. <laughs> and Leota was like, well, if you're not going to do anything, then I'm... He flashed it, and he flashed it, and he flashed it, and then he just threw it, because what else can you do? Like, he... you're giving it to me. Like, I don't know, man. You know, the weird thing was, Vitor had some moments in the first round, too, primarily with those bum-rush blitzes, where... Because Leota will drift, and he drifted into the fence a few times, and Vitor was able to time him pretty well. But that second round, it was like Vitor was, like... Another comparison is like if a dude in a movie gets shot with like twelve arrows and he's on his knees and he's just like just kill me already. It was like Vitor was just waiting to be finished and then he got finished and off to rise and he goes. Yeah, he's not retired. He'll, he'll I can't wait for TRT tour to return. Oh man, things he's... are different now. They probably got something new. I mean, like six months from now. He's going to be debuting at Ryzen at, like, New Year's Eve. And he's just going to have, like, a six-pack. <laughs> like, like, the veins are just going to be popping out of his shoulders. Goodness. Oh, man. But, like, I, like do, you guys, do you guys think that, like, Leo Machida, when he got the fight, like, he just sat down with Anders and Silva, and Anders is like, yeah, no, if you just, like, <laughs> if you move around him a little bit, like he'll just stand there and take it. Vitor is confused. He hurt himself in confusion. Like, I told you, man, it was those magical hand movements. He just, he was, he got caught in limbo. I'm just saying, Leoto is one of the best kickers. Like, even at his age, he's probably one of the best kickers in. You know, definitely at middleweight, but he's probably respectable if you go through every division. Of all the things to not be paying attention to, like of all the times to fall asleep at the wheel. <laughs> right. <laughs> Vitor only has so much energy. He can't. So you got tired? Yeah. <laughs> he probably gets tired wake up out of bed in the morning. He's been fighting for like 20 years. Good point. That's it, man. After that, that blitz in the first round, that was that might have been it. But still, like he, like he, he threw like he one stationed. punch in the, in the second round. <laughs> it was like a looping body shot. I just as... couldn't. I just couldn't. It was like he stood there and was waiting to get finished. Asking. You know what, though? E even though we, we all figure he's not actually retired, 
I'll at least give him credit because I, I, the, the speech I didn't want to hear after this fight was I'm going to go back to my coaches and we're just going to figure out what's next. <laughs> it was a very nice speech. <laughs> it was a very nice speech. <laughs> yeah, like he – I'm hoping he's retired, but we all know. I feel like MMA's like rap. Nobody ever really retires. You, the, right, the right amount of money, the right situation. You'll, you'll Dude, Jay-Z about. retired 15 but, years ago. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> would you guys have guessed that Anderson Silva would fail more drug tests than Vitor Belfort in the UFC? Mm. I mean, I was. I, I'm going to say yes, just because I always expect MMA to just like disappoint. Yeah, yeah, that that right. disappoint me, but just surprise me with its depravity. I see. <laughs> so, well, so I, I was thinking about this earlier, and I'm going to pretend it was a question mailed to me because I don't want to sound like I'm just asking it, but. Uh, is he a Hall of Famer? Vitor? Yeah, can you put him in the Vitor? Hall of Fame? I mean, yeah, you can put anybody in the Hall of Fame. But I'm saying, in theory, like, could you put a guy who failed it? Well, I mean, Stefan Bonner, but that's different. Like, Stefan Bonner is a different case. Could you put a guy who failed a drug test like that in the Hall of Fame? I mean, yeah. Okay. Because you, you could have you put in Anderson or John Jones then. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, John Jones by, 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 by situational... Sex pills? <laughs> I mean, they were both pills, according to them. Like, or or what? What is blue vial of horm- like testosterone or whatever the, for the Silva? Blue, the blue Viagra from Thailand. Yeah, but he failed again. Yeah, like John I, Jones has. Okay, never mind. Go on. I have to put Vitor in because I want to put John Jones in. So, via logic and wanting things to match up, <laughs> I, have to, <laughs> I have to put Vitor in because John. Jones I think I would it. put him in, but I like. His history, they like. I would be pretty honest about what his legacy in MMA is. I mean, I, I feel like he's one of those dudes that like. It, it's like the steroid era in baseball, yeah. where like we all knew what was going on, but it was entertaining, so we just accepted. Exactly. It. Like, right. there's no way you're a Vitor fan and you didn't know that this man was just, you know, he's shredded to the gills <laughs> because he was At taking some something uh, years old. Right. <laughs> like, we all knew what we were but getting. I, yeah. We knew what we signed I, and, up And for. I think nobody sums up MMA's weirdness like Vitor Belfort. He oops into a title win over Randy Couture. Um, left the UFC, had like some of the weirdest fights ever in Pride. <laughs> came back, stateside, fought Rich Franklin at Franklin Weight. <laughs> Lost to Anderson Silva in the oh, most humiliating manner possible. Has a UFC calendar, like a, like a catalog from five years of just either getting finished in hilarious fashion or finishing people in hilarious fashion. He failed the drug test or, you know, had whatever the drug issue was and basically sweet-talked the commission into, like, a, a considering how hard they throw the book at some people, he got off pretty light. And then was, like, Brazilian main eventer who lost to everybody but beat everybody but was still really popular. But, uh, you know... If you want to know what MMA is all about, just Vitor Belfort. Yeah, he like gave his entire he gave you everything. His entire career is everything great and awful about this sport at once. So mm-hmm. I think he is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. yeah. See, Vitor would have been a great wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear his comment, by the way? Well, which one? Royalties on YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> that anybody who makes a highlight reel of his knockout should have to pay him or something like that. Yeah. Oh lord, <laughs> Vitor! He doesn't even own the rights to his own video. <laughs> he's a 
Pete Sorvelf is just great. He's great for he's MMA. That's all he is is MMA. He, 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 he Peter Belfort is like MMA becoming a person. <laughs> <laughs> he gave us like twelve years of amazing quotes. Oh man. And his his UFC yeah. plaque has to be that feet gift from uh, the Brazilian <laughs> Big Brother. <laughs> that's that sh- uh, it can't go over. That's still his wife. What do you What do you think he would oh. loser? No, but like, oh, I know what you mean. All right, I got yeah, it. like it's just, it's just bizarre. Like, because he's such a family man. Those are different times. Like <sighs> different times. Like, like, if you go on his Instagram, it's like uh, I think like Jordan Bream made a comment. If you go on his Instagram, it's like him and his daughter, like making pizza, like handmade pizza, and him talking about like how much he loves his family. And I'm like, that's not the reality TV families I know. Well, it's a different kind. Diff- that's still your wife. You can still, I guess, do that, right? I mean, yeah. I was like, kind of saying. I'm not maybe... judging. I'm. I'm just like, dude. Like, I was gonna say. He's really close to Jesus. Maybe Jesus has a foot fetish and Vitor's okay. We're all good with that. You never you know. know. It's, it's funny <laughs> that you brought up the foot fetish thing, though, because, like, the thing I posted last night during the fight was, like, the picture of um, Silva and Mashida knocking him out with the same exact kick. And somebody reblogged this morning, Vitor has the worst foot fetish I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was from a blog that didn't know about his actual foot fetish. <laughs> God. Oh boy. We're well, gonna Vitor, we, we we wish you the best of luck in your quote unquote retirement. You in... I'm gonna take your word for it. I'm not. See you in six months, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, but for the six months that you're retired, you know. Yeah. Enjoy enjoy your time with your family. Indeed. Oh, real. Indeed. And Machita, appreciate all of the highlight reels you've given me. Which Vitor um, Belfort will not want to be paid for because you, you created another one and right. in it. Right. <laughs> just pixelate his face. <laughs> what is he on cops? <laughs> do they still do I that? I have no idea. Uh, shout out to Machita, man. Awesome KO. That that was it was it was it was something to see. Bring on that Disney Um guy. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, uh, why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna conveniently go to the next fight because I don't want to think about how that fight could possibly. Michael end. Bisting was like talking retirement, but a week ago he was talking about going up to 205 to fight for the title. Is it because Luke Rock was doing it? Yeah, because he wanted. It. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bisbing, but some, some he worries me sometimes. Luke Rock Holder, as he was known earlier, not DC. Yeah, not DC. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so this is where we get to the prelim section of the card, and this is where my memory is going to uh, change from fight to fight. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my best. Cesar Ferreira, Carl Roberson. Um, I don't remember a lot. Of First one to get taken down. Middleweight. Yeah. Was was that the whole fight? I think yeah. he literally just took him down. Took him and down he spent twice. the whole fight like on the ground. Or yeah. once and a mat return if you're uh, the anti cool. Yes. Yeah. And then choked him out. Uh, arm triangle choke. Um, do we care to really elaborate? Any more? I, I will. I will say like, why did they make this fight? I was gonna ask the same question, but what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? 
not not was make that, this was fight. He was on the con- <laughs> like, he was on the contender series, right? Look, if it if it comes down to it, Ro- yeah, Robertson was from the contenders um, series. Thing. Yeah, he looked really good, uh, but maybe, this maybe was they... this is a guy who had like ten UFC fights. Like, um... yeah, I was gonna say uh, maybe they thought he was ready. Like, like they, th- this yeah. is experience is being six and zero in MMA and zero and three in Glory. And then they do him in the, they do him in there with the jujitsu dude, or the, or, the, or the dude with like ten like more fights in the UFC than he has overall. In the as I say far too often, prospect matchmaking is not let's let him learn. It's let's see what he can't do. They just wanted to see what he couldn't do, and it turns out grappling and submission defense. So, Charles Cesar got him out of there real quick. Um. Actually, these next couple fights ended really quick. Um, <laughs> Alexi Olenek, Junior Albini. Um, I want to thank Junior Albini for not bringing his diaper with him this time. He, he went off brand. He did. I, I appreciate that choice. Is it me or like, is Junior Albini's head just really small or is he just really big? <laughs> I was kind of thinking about like the Beetlejuice thing at the end. <laughs> like we, we joke about him wearing a diaper, but like he has like a, like, he looks like a giant baby. Because like, when I was watching this fight, like I couldn't even pay attention to what was going on. It's like his head. I is, actually noticed. It just doesn't seem proportionate. <laughs> I noticed something else. He's got like a 205er's body. Like he could probably make 205. He's really like, like just it look. He looks like a dude who lost a lot of weight and could probably continue to lose a lot of weight if he wanted to. Which is yeah, crazy because he weighs two hundred and sixty-five pounds. No way. Yeah, dude. He was two sixty-six, right? But it's just—it's not like it's muscle. It's just like a lot of. Yeah, no, like, I get what you mean. Like he could lose the weight. Soft tissue. It's like baby flubber. Yeah, ba- literally... baby fat. <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's what it looks like. It's so bizarre. Whole plot strong against Brazilian Tommy Pickles. <laughs> but I mean, he he bloodied Alexi up, um, but in the end, it kind of didn't matter. Um, the Ezekiel choke, you know, this just just kind of happened, and that's gotta suck, man. Because I feel like that's one of those chokes where like you think you're doing okay, and then out of nowhere, he just. Like, your neck gets grabbed, and, like, maybe you're thinking, like, oh, we're going to clinch. And then he just takes you down, and then you're out well, of there. You even get, like, Albini's the one who got the takedown. Like, uh, it, um, Owen that literally just grabbed his head. Albini <laughs> thought he was giving up the double underhooks. <laughs> and went for the trip. And then all of a sudden, Owen has it locked up. That's what I'm like. It, it doesn't feel like a natural, like, I don't know. Like I don't, I just think it's one of those chokes. Like you, well, I guess with with Alexa, you you probably should expect it because that's kind of his thing. But it's probably it's not a natural thing to deal with. Like, how many people are you fighting that are really going hard for the Ezekiel choke? Like, yeah, you know, on one hand I agree. On the other hand, if that's the guy's gimmick move, yeah, you got like be ready OSP for it. with the Von Flu. Yeah. Nah. I feel bad for Albini because I think he's really talented. But this is two fights in a row where I felt like he's. Giving it up, so to speak. Also, <clears throat> matchmaking. I I was gonna mention that as well. Another example of seeing what. I, but you know what though, like it, counterpoint, in this regard, in this fight, he was on his way to probably KOing Olenek. So that's that's fair. 
So it's like they didn't. Yeah, he was he was touching him up. He was touching. I mean, him he up. bloodied him up and had him. And uh, since we're probably not going to spend too much time on this, good for Olenek. I believe his daughter was a student during the Stoneman Douglas shooting. Yes. There was yeah. So so I'm I'm happy for him. Olenek seems like a a nice fellow. Uh. Old plot strong continues into the. He's pushing like he's. I mean, he's forty. He's. He's forty going on seventy four. I mean yeah. he he's... <laughs> he's still a top fifteen heavyweight. So said heavyweight MMA just isn't real. No he, he's just coming into his prime. Really, if you think right. about it. I mean <laughs> because because ten years ago he was losing to Chael Sonnen. Yeah. Yeah, run that back, Chael. <laughs> <laughs> but you wonder like why we <laughs> <laughs> We've lost it. We've lost it already. We've lost it already. I was gonna make a point, oh. and now I don't even remember what I'm talking. <laughs> I think you know. Okay, fine. Oh, what man. I was trying to say was, it's no wonder it's so appetizing to take a young heavyweight and kind of fast track him because what is there realistically? Forty something year old men like like Arlovsky and Olinick and Mark Hunt. Like, if you have a decent heavyweight prospect, it's gotta be like impossible to not want to just go right. because all they're facing are legitimate grandfathers like right. dudes who look like a strong gust of wind would like knock them over <laughs> Olenek looks like a tree like realist like a tree that's ready to go like the old <laughs> learning tree the giving tree <laughs> oh man <laughs> great, great Ezekiel choke, awesome finish. Um, yeah, Albini, that just, it just kind of sucks. Um, Can't wait to see Olenek oh. against. Uh, who's the next top heavyweight prospect we got going on right now? Uh, um, who's who the guy who beat um, who beat Sherman? We'll, we'll oh, him. Willis, Justin Willis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there we go. Yeah, we'll, we'll get that. That's coming up. Uh, well, speaking of submissions, um, Davi Hamos, Nick Hahn, um, I don't remember much of this fight other than, like, the point where Hamos was going for, like, the Kimura, and then he used it to, like, sweep and take his back. That whole, like, transition was just crazy. Like, the way he even said Yeah, it was gorgeous. Yeah, that, that was, that was some next level... That that was when I knew it was over. Like if if a guy can do that, you're you're out of there. Like <laughs> you have no chance against somebody who can pull stuff like that off. Um, yeah, he just neck cranked Hans' face until it broke. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't remember much else other than that fight other than like that neck crank just or face crank just looked really painful. Um, and Hamos looked really good. Um. I I'm struggling. I remember the takedown setup where like, almost faked high, got a uh, hind to, you know, raises the um, the high guard, and then just ducked under for a double leg and got him down. Like, dude is like an A plus athlete. Like, um, uh, Davi Hamos, like he he is like. If I had no, like, I, I, I hate to, like, you know, raise this old argument in, like, between wrestling and jiu-jitsu. Like, if I didn't know better, I would, like, say that dude's been wrestling all his life. 
because like that that's the type of athlete you get out of wrestling like those fast switch dudes who can just like change levels out like like that and like that's what it almost looks like to me like a wrestler who just so happens to be like a world-class jujitsu dude like when i think jujitsu i think guys like damian maya slow clunky kind of uh well not so, like they are where they in are... their environment yeah like yeah, I know what you they, they they are ground sharks who get got like stranded on land trying to strike <laughs> <laughs> he actually has yeah and i mean I, he i go back to the grootsmacher fight where he kind of boxed him up a little bit as well so this guy has got a lot we may disagree on his upside uh you know because i think you're a little bit higher than him than i am uh, but he was good here, and anybody who beats Nick Hine and saves us from 15 minutes is A-OK in my book, so almost <laughs> you're, you're, you're a good fellow. Like, I, I don't get high. I try not to get too high on any like particular lightweight or welterweight prospect because, like, in and outside the UFC because, like, let's be realistic. You, you got to go through, like, a whole bunch of talent to get lightweight. Which makes, like, the fact that Khabib's never lost, like, insane in my eyes. Hell, the fact that Tony Ferguson's only lost, like, once is insane in my eyes. In the UFC, I mean. Um, to a broke, because he broke his arm. Yeah, because he, yeah, he broke his arm. But, like, <clears throat> to go through those divisions and, like, come out a top 10, top 5 fighter, uh, it's, it's hard to get... I want to say hard to get invested, because I'm invested in a lot of guys. It's hard to get, like... Oh, you're the guy, you know? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. So, um, like, I, I'm sold on ha- Debbie Hamas as, as, like, I'm not going to put a ceiling on him. Like, I, I, I don't know like what where, where he ends up ultimately, but I, I think he has enough going for him that he could eventually be, like, really, really, really good. And, like, Nick Hine is not a dude who, um, like... He isn't. He, Nick Hines not a dude who's fought like the very top of the division, but like the guys he has fought, like they're some of the best from like where they come from. Like what? What's the homie's name? Um, what's the homie's name? The 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 dude. <laughs> uh, he, he's in jail now. Bang. Uh, Taehyung Bang. Oh, Taehyung Bang. Okay, Macho Bang. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like he is one of the best dudes coming out of um like Korea, South Korea. Um, who is a legit? He's legitimately skilled, and like Nick Hine beat him. Um, you know what I mean? So Hine is like, a spoiler. Yeah, Hine is a spoiler. Hine's a spoiler. He, like, he's a tough out, and like Hamos made it like he had no business being in there. So, like, yeah. So, I, um, I don't know what Hamos' ceiling is. I don't know what they do with him next, but like, I'm excited to see him fight again. I just want to see that transition again. If you can do that to everybody, I'm a fan. I mean, he had <laughs> but, a real gruel. Again, I go back to the Grootsmacher fight because it was really good. And it was really grueling. And you could see a little bit more of what he's good at and what he's bad at. So, um, you know what? But he's, he's improving, too, which is, you know, maybe it, it extends that ceiling, so to speak. It keeps the window open a little higher. And he's a muscly Brazilian. He'll be good for, like, another 10 years. You know what? That's a good point. They end up like Brazilian, a... Brazilian, Brazilian uh, lightweights and welterweights age differently than most people. 
Yeah, Tibau's still out here. Ronaldo's pushing Fran for Ronaldo's eighty-five. Pushing mid seventies. Masaranduba's out here, still getting wins. Right, so. Well, Maya, Maya's 58. At the, yeah, yeah. so. Up <laughs> next was uh, Zaleski. Oh, yeah. Zaleski. Zaleski Dos Santos. Who didn't get a bonus. And Sean Strickland. Yeah, we, we forgot to mention, his card was really good. Yeah, like, you know. It was. I mean. For all the, the crap, you know, I mean. It, you Your know. mileage may vary on the main event. Mine was very low tolerance, but, uh. Overall, it was a really good show. Yeah. Every show was, like a lot of, show was pretty good this weekend. A lot of just... It was an awesome weekend. I had a, a really fun... I watched fights all day once I got home from work, and it was awesome. This card um, only had two decisions on it. Right. And Zaleski, um, he added to the body count <laughs> of, of unsuspecting victims. Um, yeah. Spinning wheel kick. Um, I feel bad because it's another fight I just don't remember a ton of other than like I, I feel like they traded for a little bit but there wasn't a ton really going on um, and then that spinning wheel kick just kind of just kind of just kind of came and it just happened and Strickland just like he, he, uh, he ate some ground and pound and <laughs> that ground and pound was kind of brutal because I think it was like one hand he was like posturing down and the other hand he was just like yeah <laughs> And he was out for a minute, and the ref was a little yeah. bit too slow. So he just took about two yeah. or three more that, extra. How bad. you doing? That that kick was beautiful. Um, just it just happened so quick. Like it was, yeah. I don't. It was just one of those moments where I'm like, I can't even really be mad that you got hit with that because I didn't even really see that coming. Like one minute you're just kind of there, next minute it's a foot. Well, I can't say it was in your face because it kind of went around, but. <laughs> You know, it just it just happened, but it it was beautiful. Got the ground and pound, got him out of there. That's crazy he didn't get a bonus because that was definitely one of the best finishes on this card. Uh, but then there were a lot of finishes on this card, so he he had some stiff competition. But um, great great finish, really really great finish. Concur. Does this have kind of five fight win streak or something like that? Yep. Over some good good competition. Yeah, like he beat good. He beat um, what's his name? Uh, Nakamura. Nakamura. Uh, uh, Griffin. There we go. That's Max Griffin name. beat the beat the shit out of Max Griffin. That was an awful. Ugh. Yeah, and he beat Arkmedov. Like those are a lot of those are really solid names. Yeah, like he's he's a and you know he's a good fighter, and I think it's like he's the slowest, most most athletic. 170 or I think in the UFC because he doesn't move very fast but then when he commits he's like he's like out of nowhere he hits right so he's he's a and he's just fun to watch like I said he might not be a title contender anytime soon but this guy's just damn fun to watch I hope he gets a big fight next or at top 15 I should say like you know, say after I mean he's on a winning streak got a not a finish streak, but he's finished like three of five. Yeah. And when you're when you're spinning wheel kicking people, I feel like that puts you in another territory. You kind of you kind of deserve to show if you can do that against the best of the best. If you're, if you're getting everybody else out of here, so um, we'll, we'll we'll see. Oh. And he's a 
surprisingly good wrestler as well. Yeah. Because he, he, he lasted with Nakamura and Dalby on the ground. Machida and Olenek got the bonuses, by the way. Hmm, I can't argue against that. They, they could have thrown him, like, 15 grand, though. They could have gave him some. <laughs> but, um, yeah, another just great finish. Apparently kicks are just a trend uh, in this card. Everybody's getting kicked and getting sent home. Um, next fight, Worley, Alves, and Sultan Aleve. Um, Worley just came out, like, mad aggressive. <laughs> like, just extra aggressive like he just wanted to kill everybody um poor leave man like his that 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 stoppage the way his eye looked that was that was scary looking like ugh. that that was that was bad it, it was it was i'm glad they stopped it. He, he didn't need to your eye shouldn't do that like <laughs> it shouldn't <laughs> it shouldn't he didn't need any more of that. See that that's one of those good moments where like, all right, we gotta we gotta get you out of here because the damage you're taking just isn't worth right. it. Um I just remember just Alves just being really aggressive and um closing eyeballs. <laughs> that's that's kinda all I remember of this fight. Um I, I I watched the fight this morning because like when the fight happened yesterday, my computer freaked out on me a little bit. Um, it lagged out really hard. Um, but I still don't remember much of it to be honest. With you. Like, <laughs> I, I remember all the I remember all the clinch fighting. Yeah, I remember, that's, yeah. I, I remember yeah. Alves popping him in the eye like once, and all of a sudden at the end of this like second round, um, what's his name's eye is just completely yeah. shut. Sultan. Yes, I'll leave. Hey, sucks for Sultan. Like, it, it, he just can't catch a break at this fighting crap. Because he got ro- he got robbed fighting Doug Marshall in the, um, what was it, the middleweight Bellator tournament? I haven't heard Not a single one of I us. I haven't heard Marshall's name in forever. <laughs> Is he still fighting? Yeah. <laughs> ah, who knows? He's, dat- he's dating a UFC fighter. I can't remember who. Doug or Elliot? Doug. I only remember Elliot Marshall. Doug Marshall was the dude who did the wrestling promos and had like the one punch power, but got the crap beat out by Shomanko and Mainhoff and then just like fucked off. Oh, I think okay, I think I kind of know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, but it like Elliot, uh, I leave. Uh, I think his game is just like a relic of the past, man. Like he he's not young. I don't think so anyway. He's like he's thirty three. I just don't understand how he got signed because he had a he had a boring reputation elsewhere, and then it's like they still signed him, and it's like nothing's changed. He's just fighting tougher competition. Uh, he was on like a four fight KO streak against anybody we would know. Or does Charles Andrade ring a bell? I'm not trying to be like coy, like does he? Because. Ah, no, I don't. that's fucking cool. Who that is okay. I'm just, no, but like, I he was always a weird signing to me. Him, he was signed around the same time they signed. Uh, what was the Greek guy? Uh, um, Anthony Christianoulou. I was gonna say Papanopoulos, but I have no idea where I pulled <laughs> that out of. Oh wait, no, no, no. I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, no, I think it is Christa Christa Oh my god. 
he he, uh, he tweeted me once because I mentioned him in a tweet. You told you told this story, I think, on yes. that. And I feel bad about it to this day. I see, I see, <laughs> I see. Apologies. Well, maybe we'll get him on. We'll just we'll talk we, to him. We'll ask him why he wasn't better at fighting. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Come on, Matt. <laughs> Anyways, Warley Alves looked really good. I just wish he would clinch less. I think it's his way of like. I think he's he's big bursts and then he kind of clinches to regroup. I wish he didn't do that. Uh, Sultan Alib is gonna need some Alib because he yeah. got a. Uh, he got popped he like a whole he bunch. Had terrible allergies, and they flared up to the maximum capacity. You know, I didn't do I didn't do that when you made your 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 joke. Sir. <laughs> no, but no, serial uh, sense I did. Oh, how, whoever. No, but he he said he would have, but he didn't. He respects you so much. Uh, that's not what he said. He said that's, he didn't have a drum. That's not not accurate. <laughs> We're gonna listen back and have a better interpretation. Warley Alves is getting back to being the guy who was really, really, really good and really, really, really exciting. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm willing to be optimistic here. Yeah. Um, quick note: his, his coach is no longer. Well, his strength and conditioning coach is no longer. Um, Rogerio Camus, I think is the the dude's name was the owner of X Gym. So I, I don't know if either one of you knows what his former strength and conditioning coach looked like. You showed you you tweeted a. Uh... Thing. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So, uh, he's a big he, yeah, he is. Um, oh crap, that's not how you do that. Yeah, he's not exactly who you want if you're a pro athlete and you want a strength and conditioning coach. <laughs> like, like this is a dude who, if you you sign up, sees you with him, um. They're probably testing you on the spot. Yeah, that honest. rando test ain't gonna be so rando. Right. Yeah. I also don't forget Warley Alves is the only guy to beat Colby Covington. So if you wanna, if you're looking for somebody to support in Brazil, he's your guy. Yeah. Colby Covington can make Alves to a star. God. Just, stop. Just stop on it. pure spite. If he beats if he beats RDA, is this podcast gonna like stop? I mean, I'm not talking might about it. it. We might have oh, to take I... an intermission for about a month. We're going to have like a 15 minutes of silence in the middle of the podcast and just talk about the yeah. We're not, yeah, we're not gonna mention this fight at all. Yeah, oh, he gets no love, Kobe. I normally don't. Yeah. Do, but, he was, I normally. But point being, now that he's moved away from Camus and he's at Team Verdu, uh, what is it? No, Team Nogueira. Um, I really hope out like I hope Alves turns into the fighter we hope he was back when he got when he what was it like did he come off a tough yeah he, yeah, he won the tough yeah yeah as a middleweight like, and then dropped down and they were talking about him as like a superstar and just never didn't didn't click the Barbarina fight and then Usman just ran through him right. Usman is fair yeah Barbarina though was was i think a stylistic was was a fatal flaw in his game that might not have been corrected yet well, so. it, it, it was the fact that his strength and conditioning coach <laughs> is is a sixty year old bricked up steroided looking motherfucker dude we can't, be is... throw, we can't be throwing out those accusations they don't have they don't have courts in Brazil <laughs> oh really. They don't have libel courts in Brazil. <laughs> Tell me more, Colby. Yeah. 
Oh man. Well, he's out here closing eyes, so he he's doing something right. Whatever you're doing, it's it's, it's working. Um, he's he's hey he won those last two fights. He won the, what was it the third round? Uh, he went to decision, and now he won in after going to into a second round. So his gas tank's getting better, uh, or he's fighting smarter, or something in there. Something or something. <laughs> Competition's a little easier as well. They can yeah. try to point that out. True, true. But I, I think he's got the ta- like he's got the talent to be a top ten guy. That's my belief. Absolutely, and he's only twenty seven, so like he should be coming into his prime very soon. Beat Nordine Taleb, which is not easy to do. Finished him, so yeah. Colby Covington. I mean, he again subbed Colby Covington. Broke his rib yeah, too. Run, run that yep. back, Colby. Speaking of which, he's busy uh, tweeting. Speaking of broken ribs, uh, Jack Hermanson stopped mm. Tyler's lights in the third round. Um, after jumping through his guard, right? <laughs> like, like literally, ju- like he, they're in guard. I guess Lightes was like trying to move to like get him off. Hermanson jumps through his guard and then just gets mount. And proceeds to beat the crap out I of mean, him. From I got to Hermanson credit. He went through a lot of adversity. Aside from, you know, breaking your rib, he, he got out of an anaconda choke. Like, he just survived on the ground with Latus. And, like like you said, you, you managed to get him out. Like, that's crazy. And I didn't think the ground and pound shots were that hard until, um, yeah, they stopped it and I saw the replay. And I was like, oh, he really was, like, <laughs> he was really teeing off one of the guy. Um... Yeah, that that's a gutsy win. That's a real, that's a real gutsy win. Yeah. Was Lader still ranked? Uh, I don't think so, cause I think he uh, he got kicked out for the uh, the Santos loss. He lost like thirteen in a row. I would hope. He... <laughs> would hope no, he... Oh wait, wait. No, am I thinking of Santos? No, I'm thinking of what's I'm it? Uh, Hermanson. I got. It. Uh, yeah, Hermanson. But yeah, Dallas so... Lader, I think has lost five in a row. Uh, he lost two in a row because he beat Sam Alvey, but before that he lost he lost to Jocko. Okay, so we, over his last six, over his last eight fights, he's five and three. I mean three and five. So yeah, yeah. Musasi, Bisping, Jocko, Tavares, and Hermanson. In between there, he beat Kamozi, Alvey, and uh, Boach. Uh, really, just awesome one for Jack. Way to. <laughs> We 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 to keep fighting through adversity. For latest, it's got to be unfortunate because you probably thought you were doing pretty well. You had a lot going for you, and then life just kind of, you know, <laughs> life happened fast. <laughs> <laughs> if 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 you think MMA is something to trifle with, or it's not, you know, if you view it again like as action figures just bonking into one another, listen to the screams of Jack Hermanson after oh, the yeah. fight. Yeah, he was. When that when that adrenaline sort of wore off and he was having to put a shirt yeah, on, he was going through it. Why did they make him put a shirt on? I don't know. I think it's just like what they do. I don't even know if like because well, I've seen some fighters not put the shirt on, so I, mean, I don't know what the what a professional. I thought it was a sponsor thing. Right. Like you just, I'd assume something like that. What a what a professional. I hope he's not injured. Well, I'm pretty sure like he he might be sidelined for a while. That looked pretty pretty painful but uh and yeah. Ag- yeah and again another fight where the guy who gets the first takedown or the last takedown yeah. wins at middleweight 
<laughs> tough dad takedowns. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, you know, I said uh, like Alexi Olenek is the most middleweight heavyweight ever. <laughs> but yeah, awesome win from from Hermanson. That was, that was a really gutsy performance. Awesome way to and end it with a finish at that. Um, all right, these next two fights I have like zero recollection of. So um, if y'all want to chime in, you can. Other than that, I'm just gonna read who won. <laughs> I, I don't remember them much at all. Um, Marcus Perez was another first guy to get the takedown fight. Got the win over yep, Baknovic. Baknovic. Yes. Yeah. And Rama. uh, Ramazan Mamiv is pretty good. Oh no, I kind of remember that fight. I feel like he beat the crap out of Mina. He did. He he yeah. lumped them up. I felt like he could have done more, but like he was just kind of content with just. I felt like he could have gotten a finish. But either way, Ramazan Amiv, Alberto Mina, yeah, he just kind of beat the crap out of him. That was kind of how that went. Um, so yeah, that was. Oh, you guys have No, I, I wanted to ask a comp for uh, Anti Cool and you as well, I guess, as it pertains to Ramazan Amiv. Does um, he, he about? I, I have a guy in mind. I just want to make sure I get the name right. Because I don't want to confuse him with the heavyweight who has basically the same name. Oh, Magomedov? Yeah, does he remind you of him in, like, in terms of the fact that you always feel like he could maybe do a little more? Yeah, like there was a point, I remember, because I think I even tweeted this out. There was a point where he was landing some pretty vicious ground and pound. And I was like, you can probably get this guy out of here. Like, if you just put your foot on the tank just a little bit more. Like, I, I don't think he can really hang with you. But he was just... I mean... Yeah, content. he was kind of content. I mean, I get it. You know, you don't want to get caught with something crazy, and then you, you know, you end up like latest on the, on the bad side of a situation. So you know, you just kind of cruise and do what you've been doing. But yeah, I, I think he could he could do a bit more. Just because that was the knock on Rashid Magomedov was that he was he always did like just enough and ultimately got him basically sent out of the UFC. Yeah, right. And you don't want that to happen. And I mean. Like, Okay. Uh, um, no, I'm just trying to remember like Amiv's like M1 fights, because I remember I gave like what like a couple of them were like some of my fights of the year. I want to say, just because how like chaotic they were. So it's this this fight was kind of a surprise because you know I'm basing all of this off of memory, my memory shit. So um, I don't know. I had I had that Alvi fight planted straight in my memory, and I knew. <laughs> I knew I was just hoping I didn't even think it was a bad fight like I don't think he had a bad fight I just could see him doing more oh yeah no like that uh, I definitely got the impression like I don't know it was this was his first fight at one, uh, 170 right yeah uh, in the UFC at least I don't in, know about metal uh elsewhere are, are we not naming promotions I just don't remember the promotions <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're playing that game yeah, yeah, just, he's, he's had fights in, in quote-unquote other organizations. Oh, my God. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, no, but like, I, I don't remember. Like, I don't remember a lot of his M1 fights. That, that's my point. Oh, that's what we fought. It was the uh, the Vasilevsky fights that were great. Um, but what am I trying to uh, What was I saying? Oh, um, yeah, no, I felt he definitely could have done more to get Mina out of there. Um yeah, he, he was content to just you know ride his pace. He's a good he's a good fighter. I I don't know what the ceiling is for him. 
in 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 the UFC, but like you know, he, he's going to be a solid dude no matter what. He picked a good time to be Russian in the UFC. Yeah, that's put, fair. Put it put it that way, and and he, I could see him being on this main card for when they go to uh, St. Petersburg or wherever they're going for the for the fight night. Is it Moscow or is it St. Petersburg? I have no clue, dude. <laughs> yeah. No idea. To be fair, Dano probably doesn't either. No, he's just like somewhere in Russia. He's like, I want to go to Russia. Uh, so somebody pick a place and we're going to Russia. You goof. That was way too... Yeah, I was about to say. Where was the... <laughs> Get Bjork. He knows something about fucking Russia. What's he doing these days? Probably uh, unionizing. Yeah, right. If, if like I, I understood that the M M A A A F A whatever needed somebody who knew MMA and wasn't a fighter, like knew the business side. Let's bring, the, yeah, let's, let's, bring, let's, let's bring the guy everybody hated. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He just he was trying his best. <laughs> He's trying his best. <laughs> Bjorn, yeah. like, he would be a guy, if I was if I was going to Russia, he would be one of those guys I would definitely call. Maybe he's on payroll. Se- double secret payroll? Well, that that was one of, that was one of the theories, that, like, when he went away, like, that the oh. UFC was paying him to do stuff for them. I've, that, like, there have been so many Bjorn Rebney rumors, like, uh, Jason Floyd and Sam Kaplan, they had to debunk that, like, Remember when Bellator got sued by that one dude who was working, like, who they, they said pr- he, he was pressuring them, like, they were pressuring him into some sort of agreement or whatever, and the rumor was that Bjorn Rebney was funding it. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the dude. Let me see if I can type it in. Was he the dude, like, did they fake drug test results and stuff? Something along those lines, right? Like, he, they eventually settled, and he wound up coming back, but it was, um... Why would you want to come back to that situation? I don't know. You like, you like, you like MMA? Do you like sports? <laughs> you like MMA? <laughs> you, like, you, you like being pressured into faking drug tests? Yeah, dude, this is a weird-ass sport, man. That's probably not even... if I don't even know if that's accurate, but... Zach Light. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, the, the rumor that they had to debunk was like that Bjorn was the financial backer. Like the Hogan-Gawker lawsuit thing where they Hogan had a third party. <laughs> I wish a billionaire would finance my frivolous lawsuit. What frivolous lawsuit do you have going? <laughs> He'll find somebody to sue. I mean, I'll find somebody. This is America. I yeah. see. Understood. 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 I can sue somebody for something. Sue somebody for something. And if you have enough money, you can win any case. That's what I've learned. That's true. That's very Man, true. Stokes missed quite the show, didn't he? Yeah. Poor dude. Hope the strawberries are worth it. Can they we were. Start? <laughs> they were. <laughs> I benefit directly from them. <laughs> I see. Somebody's gonna get some tainted strawberries and fail a USADA test in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> they keep fucking around with this, this guy. It is really funny that you said that because his name is Canelo. Whose name? Whose name? Canelo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> I just got it. You s- slide dog, cheeky man. Oh man! I was gonna make a comment, but I'll make it. I'll make it off air. 
Oh yeah, we we had a lot of one of these days because I I don't I, I need to delete the, the stuff on my computer because it's taking up too much space. But I'm lazy and I don't. I need to just make like a best of off air conversation and go through. <laughs> just air the thirty minutes prior to starting this one. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to have to do, like, a bonus episode. I'm just going to chop up You can't all just of... say that without context now. I mean... Oh, God. I mean, I think uh, either way works. Uh, that, you know, it's a good point. It's a mystery. you got to pay four ninety nine to get the bonus yeah, stuff, guys. Yeah, yeah. But you also get uh, the CFL if you if you do, so... Dojo Talk Podcast streaming service coming soon. Oh, wow. <laughs> what what billion, how much? How much is How much is the zone going to pay us? Um, you know, we're still working out that number. I'm trying to get it past um two digits. <laughs> <laughs> They're not budging, but would the zone pay us first or the PFL pay the guy who wins the million dollar tournament first? Mm. Oh wow. Mm. Mm. If it's if it's Jerry who wins the million dollar heavyweight tournament, would anybody be mad if they just didn't pay him? <laughs> 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 like, like halfway through the third, like the third round of the final match in the tournament, like Ray Suffolk just gets up from the front seat and walks out the door. The and weird nobody... thing is that if it's a Jarrett Rochelle five round fight, there'll be nobody left in the building by the time the fifth round is over. So it's like, if he left, would anybody even be a witness to him leaving? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> That's messed up. We didn't even cover this HBO boxing card, by the way, which is amazing. I didn't see it. Oh, man, somebody told me to watch that, and yeah, I didn't watch it either. Watch Jamie Manguia and Saddam Ali. It's it's a something. That's who was fighting. God. Because I, mean, I, go, I went to go look up the card, and it was somebody else's name I saw. To, to our well, credit, there was Ali and... supposed to be Liam Smith, I think, right? I'll say to, to our credit, there were like eighty thousand fights on yesterday, yep. and I had like three screens up at the same time. It it was a lot. There was a lot going on. It it was a lot to keep up with. There you go. But um, uh, we we covered everything we wanted to in three hours and twenty plus minutes. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, are you okay? Cause What's like, up? I, no, I thought I thought you had to go to work. I did, but I didn't want to say that on air. <laughs> you could have said something. No, I, I told him I was gonna be late. Uh, I was gonna say we would, we would let you go. If, if you get fired, I'm gonna feel really bad. Oh, uh, yeah. you're, not, you're not even gonna feel bad. Stop lying. That's the that's, second lie you told. Because listen, I, I can't. Because I don't have the dozen money yet, so I can't oh, pay you. Oh my god. <laughs> no, I told him I was gonna be late. All I'll right. just walk in, throw a dolly, leave. There I'll you have, go. I'll have given. I'll, I won't get. I won't get any trouble. You nice. might get a raise. Right. <laughs> I might. You're right. I might get a raise. All right. So we 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 can't have Joey getting fired over here. Oh um, no! Don't cut it off on my behalf. <laughs> if, you're gonna, if you're gonna be late, you got to be all the way late. That is true. Because, they gotta um, they gotta just be as Jim Cornette would say. You gotta be so late they're just happy to see you. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Oh, I got to use that at my job. and hopefully Do we still have questions to answer, by the way? Like, I believe we still have some fan questions, don't we? Do we? Uh, I had... Uh, I mean, is is Stokes the, the J.R. Smith of the Dojo Talk podcast? That's a good point. Mm. It's a good question. Jesus I'm, Christ. I mean, the only, the only way he is is if he, when he's on... When he is... Well, I don't want to put his work out there. 
So <laughs> you already, you did already we? did. Did we? If people can connect dots, they might have figured it out. Like unless Stokes is out in the like out there just picking strawberry shirtless, then the answer is no. He's not the J.R. Smith of the Dojo Talk podcast. JR Somebody Smith's called shirtless. me the J.R. Smith of anything. I would fight them. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> so, uh, so, so, not the J.R. Smith. He's oh like, man, they play today. They're playing right now, actually. Aren't oh crap! You're right. <laughs> oh yeah, we might have to wrap this up, man. <laughs> we didn't even answer the question. Uh, you know what, so, you can be the Clay Thompson. Yeah, Stokes, I'm not going to disrespect you like that and call you the J.R. Smith of anything. Stokes, you can be whatever you want to be. I'll give you you Clay. We we can do Clay. I can live with that. You be whoever you want to be, Stokes. Just don't be J.R. Just don't aspire to be that. You can do better. We all can do better. We all can, man. Jesus Christ, Boston's up 40-21 right now. (laughs) Stokes, you be whatever you want to be. So definitely don't be J.R. Smith because clearly it's not working. I mean, you be be whatever. <laughs> but um, yeah. So overall, I don't know. Man, he's a guy who hates so, California or likes certain parts of California, but hates people from California. Um, uh-huh. I don't know. We got to think of a better, better comp for him. Uh, I don't know. Stokes is the uh, Stokes is the closer. I guess that could work. He's the uh. Yeah, he, he, he's the sting. He hangs out at the rafters and just, like, points the bat. So. Exactly. He's always yeah, around, but never around. I can live with that. He's like the, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, might as well. He's like Compared the dad to... who lives a block away but doesn't come and see you. <laughs> <laughs> Except for your birthday. That was mean now. <laughs> Except for your birthday, and he always smells like cigarettes, and he just wants to... <laughs> Just takes a picture with you just so he could have it on his Facebook. That did not go the way I thought it was going to go. I was Stokes. defending him. I don't want to hear a single thing. <laughs> I was defending him. Oh, man. He's, 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 uh, he's better than J.R. Smith. He's, he's definitely better than J.R. Smith. You're, you're way better than J.R. He's Smith. The star. I'm the J.R. Smith. You only bring me on when you want to fuck something up. <laughs> Oh man, Stoke is awesome though. We 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 appreciate you. Love so. him immensely. Yeah, he he's the reason we have a California fan base. <laughs> okay, so responsible for Calcutta. Um, we they they never they never emailed us. Whoever is out there in India and the people we had in Egypt, but who got mad at us, um, because they haven't came back. That's <laughs> <laughs> the guy. They, they were the super fight league fans. Yeah. So. We love the SFL. We just yeah. wish the SFL loved its fighters as much as we love the SFL. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But awesome weekend of fights. Um, but always still got to give pardon shots and shout outs. I don't have anybody to be angry at, so I have no shots. But um, Wait, pardon product... shots is if you're mad at somebody? Yeah, he's always shot. I thought that was the put over portion of the program. Is it shout out or, or uh, you, you, you call them out? Oh, yeah, or you call them out. All right. Well, um, so I don't. I'm not, I don't have any shots to throw at anybody. Nobody got me too angry this weekend, or nothing that I can remember. Um, I have some shout-outs real quick because I watched a, a, just a lot of fights this weekend. Um, so quick shout-out to Glory Fifty Three, um, Sitachai versus Tajani Bestadi was a pretty good fight. Um, Tajani put 
the valiant effort in like the first round and then Sitachai going to Sitachai. Um, so you know how that goes. Uh, so he retained his belt. Uh, Jafar Wilness and Jamal Ben Sadiq was a awesome heavyweight fight. And Jafar ended up, um, uh, almost finished Sadiq. Um, but he won that fight. It was a really, really good back and forth heavyweight fight. I missed the um, hell of a glory show. We had yeah, Jafar was, and a... Scotty Tuhati fighting at the, <laughs> <laughs> fighting at the same time. And shout out to Cedric Doombay who got a KO and, um, Anissa Maxson uh, defended her bantamweight belt against Amel uh, Debbie, if I'm saying that correct. And uh, overall, shout-outs to one championship. Um, I downloaded the app, and I was watching the card while I was at work, and it was pretty fun. Like, I don't remember a lot of the people who were fighting because I was watching it and trying to work, so I didn't get fired. Um, Unlike so like, like some of us. <laughs> <laughs> it, like all of the fights I saw were like were really good like it seemed like a pretty entertaining card and the app was pretty good like everything ran smoothly the app didn't crash on me or anything um surprisingly it didn't drain my battery as much as I assumed it would so one championship app is, is pretty cool they, they don't have the full catalog of fights on there there's still stuff on there you can watch but like I think that was the first live event you could watch and stream as it was happening um so that was pretty cool. But, like, just shout-outs to all the fights that happened from, like, Friday through this weekend. Like, every card I watched from kickboxing to boxing to MMA, like, everything delivered. Um, so, you know, shout-outs to everybody in the fight world. And shout-outs to the Tumblr uh, people who sent in questions. You know, you guys keep keep sending those in. You can send them to the email, dodotalkpodcast at yahoo.com. And, you know, we'll answer them throughout the show, make things fun, make things interesting, and that's all I got. Um, Shout-outs to Nobita, who was the rare exception to the don't take an immediate rematch uh, rule. Uh, lost his title like six months ago to Alex Silva in a one-sided decision. Came back, won the belt back on Saturday. Um, the one championship strawweight title, I believe. Um, you know, out here still doing it, 34 years old, 115 pounds. Kind of remarkable. Because you know, at that point, you kind of just break down and fall apart. So, you know, shouts to him. And um, shouts to um, Danielle Rendo. Rendo? Um, I, I, uh, crap. Uh, so it would be like, yeah, Rendo. Um, the vice writer who wrote about why Pennington versus Nunes was an f- important fight to her. Only for, you know, the MMA community to, you know, kind of throw their arms up in the air and be like, why? But, uh, you know, more positivity. And yeah, gone. <clears throat> no, you're back. Huh? What? What? I was, I've been here. Oh. <laughs> you're just trying to kick me off. No, the, the... <laughs> So once, uh, so once every time we try to do this, Mike's internet goes, uh, I see. and and it <laughs> it makes that sound like you know like when everything just goes dead silent. So I just figured that's what happened. I was listening to you. Uh, my internet actually held up for once. So Shh, we're not done yet. <laughs> oh, I'm, not, I'm not shouting out Comcast. You guys still suck. Jesus. Hey, <laughs> you're good, Joy. Oh, okay. Uh, well, uh, 
I guess parting shots to you guys for potentially getting me fired. We start there. <laughs> we start there. We can start there. Um, I, both parting shots and shout-outs to Combat Sports for having a very crowded weekend, but for overcrowding it so that it was hard to keep up with everything. Uh, Shout-out to Amanda Nunes and Rocky Pennington for making history. Good, good on them. Shout-out to Vitor Belfort for his four-month retirement. It's gonna be. I'm gonna miss you for till November or December, and that's about it. It was a good weekend in in combat sports, and uh, my happy Mother's Day to all those mothers who out there listening. You probably could have had a, another child in between the time this started and ended. <laughs> so, you know, congratulations, and that's it. You know, I, I guess uh, not much else to say. Yeah. When's the next card, real quick? Next week. From Chile. Oh, yeah. So I have a request. If Enrique Barzola loses, I want to be on. <laughs> but if he, if he wins, then just pretend I'm not here. I mean, if, if he loses, you can take my spot, because I'll be <laughs> way too sad with grief. You have two guys going. Uh, um, uh, Bumba, yeah, Bundane. Oh man! There you go. We'll we'll see. I'll I'll be keeping a close eye on this fight. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a pulse check nice. in between rounds. Make sure you're still with us. <laughs> that Bond but, uh, and I Benitez one is going to be tough because Mowgli's my one of my favorite fighters, and Bond uh, and I is obviously Peruvian, so there's going to be some heat. So now yeah. you have to be on this podcast because y'all are going to have beef regardless. I think we already do. Well, this is going to intensify. It. I see. I see. This so. is this is when we start throwing dollies and chairs. Yeah. We're going for the ratings grab. So, look, we got to get a... that live sports content billion dollar deal, man. Yeah, you got and we got to start somewhere. So, yeah, this, this is this is the beginnings of of that. I got to get Dazen to up that money. What would be the po- <laughs> what would be the podcast equivalent of me hopping the cage and punching the referee? Talking over me, like <laughs> the way I talk over you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, someone's car alarm is going off. Uh-oh. This is the perfect end. <laughs> Too much heat. I'm just happy my fire alarm's fixed. It hasn't beeped in like an hour. Man. This has been a wild podcast. Um, shout out to the listeners who listened for three and uh, how, how long are we going? About three and a half hours, a little over. Fellas, three three I, hours and, and 38 minutes. So, fellas, um, I swear to God, we start every single one of these when I'm here with. Let's try to keep it a little short. <laughs> <laughs> this one, the term was deliberately used. We're going to race through this one. <laughs> I, I, the very first thing I said when we got when you got on the call was, I'm going to try and stay on top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're just going to race on through. And then One we, of these days. And then we had a 30-minute conversation. <laughs> one of these days we're going to one of these days we're going to do it. One of these days we're going to get a podcast that's we're gonna nearly over what? 2 hours. We're going to do the sport we were discussing the 30-minute conversation about? Was that what you were implying? <laughs> Cuz I don't know if I don't know. We're going we're going to figure this out one day. But we we try our hardest. That's that's we know. We give a a for effort. We we did this on Mother's Day too. We neglected our the mothers we know <laughs> to be your mothers and give you guidance and spiritual learning. All right. So hopefully you took something away from this. Yeah, shout out to all the moms. Yeah. 
perfect way to end it. All right. So, <laughs> happy Mother's Day. Shout out to oh. all the mothers and our absentee dad, Stokes, who's not here for us. <laughs> he's here when it counts, damn it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and with that being said, <laughs> this has been another episode of the Dojo Talk Podcast. Thank you guys for listening, and <laughs> we'll catch you guys later.